Hello, everyone. Welcome to Narrative Dissonance here on Unsafe Space. I'm your host, Carter Laren. Uh, this is a show where we question the mainstream narrative. Not that we're being lied to or it's a propaganda machine or anything, just in case. Uh, we figured we would question it. You can watch us on unsafespace.com or on YouTube, live stream Rumble, Odyssey. I'm probably forgetting some. Utreon? I probably didn't say Utreon. You can follow us on Twitter at underscore unsafe space. Um, don't forget to share this content or any unsafe space content with friends. It really does help. YouTube is actively uh, actively uh, trying to suppress our content. We're pretty, I would say we're 99% sure of that, given some tests that we've run. So um, yeah, word of mouth is all we've got. So please share it. And uh, and if you like it, consider heading over to unsafespace.com and supporting us financially. Our next book club is August 14th. I don't have the book with me, but it's uh, it's Fossil Future by Alex Epstein. I'm the host for that book club, so uh, you've got plenty of time to read it. It's I think it's an easy read. you got a month, uh, so go check that out. There's a link on our website in the book club section to, uh, to the book, so you can go get it there if you want. Also, tomorrow, I think we've got a live 451 Degrees with uh, Alex Maselli. Another Rebel Civics, I think, this week, although I don't know if it's live. Uh, but that's on Wednesday. Dangerous Thoughts on Wednesday evening. Token Minority Report, Beverly's Birthday Bash on Thursday at 4 p.m. Pacific. So check all that stuff out. And um, Beverly, what's the other thing I'm supposed to say? <laughs> yeah, you forgot already. Uh, we just started a Discord bad movie club. So we just watched uh, the Karen film Saturday night. Um, and that was Oh, terrible. you did? You watched the Karen? Yeah. I, was, I wanted yes. to. Oh, wait, I did watch that. It's horrible. Uh, it's horrible. Um, Had so I known, I think, I'd have joined. I didn't even know you were doing that. <laughs> we got to right. pay attention to the Discord, Carter. I tag everybody I in there. But uh, I think our next one, I think we're going to be doing, it's a 1980 film, uh, Roadie, and, uh, and it's going to be July 31st, Sunday at 9 p.m. Eastern. I okay. Think. So, And this is for people in the Discord? In, the, in our Discord server, yes. Right. So if you're a part of that, then come join us. And yeah, I'll, I'll tag you directly, Carter, since you never look at the Discord. Thank you. Goodbye. I sometimes do. She's totally lying. Uh, today, we've uh, got two repeat guests whom I think uh, are both, maybe these two ladies are the most loved guests we have. I'm not sure, but if they're, if they're not, they're up, up towards the top. Um, please welcome Elle, whom all of you know. She's your favorite bitch at Some Bitch Media. You can follow her at gab at some bitch i know you can go to some bitch told me.com she's uh i mean i don't know i've said her bio so many times i don't feel like repeating it but she does amazing work lots of deep research uh uncovers stuff that the mainstream media doesn't want to be covered un uncovered and uh and she's known for citing your sources or getting the fuck out so well welcome Elle. how you oh, doing hi i'm great i got i'm, I'm she doesn't, post oh there I'm we posting go. that we're live now no i know that i know that we're live <laughs> I know we're live. Uh, yeah, I know. I sorry I showed up at like the last second. Um, I tried to put a braid in my hair. It didn't really work out. So that was what I was doing. So I wish I had a better uh, <laughs> excuse. For I was going to say something about your hair and how horrific it was, but I know better. Thank so. you. I, well, sure. no, the reason why it's like, it's like, it is kind of messed up on the side. So like, well, if I just like put like a braid in it, it'll kind of look more like intentional. And it's like, it's, it is what it is. It's, it's done. The, uh, but anyways, hi everybody. Well, some look, that you uh, know. <laughs> look, L. Um, the good news is most viewers who are male are not going to notice at all. 
But Megan might have I something noticed. to say about your hair. That's uh, all right. So, so let's welcome Megan. Wow, Fox. just like the patriarchy to pit two women against each other, Carter. That's right. To, We're going to pit you yeah. both. Yeah, Megan's going to diss your hair. Uh, she's an award-winning <laughs> journalist, broadcaster, and author of Believe Evidence, The Death of Due Process, From Salome to Me Too, and Shut Up the Bizarre War that one public library waged against the First Amendment. You can follow her on Twitter at Megan Fox Writer, on Gab at Megan Fox, or on PJ Media. There's a Megan Fox page. We'll put links to all the stuff below. Megan, what do you think of her hair, Megan? I am a fan of the ponytail. Girl, frankly. <laughs> frankly, you, I am a fan. You know you will like never ponytail entails. <laughs> <laughs> I sure do. And you will never catch me dissing another woman's hair on yeah, I, unless unless that woman is the on patriarchy the patriarchy tried. I mean, we did our best. <laughs> if that woman is like Anna Kasparian, I will for sure bitch about her hair. Yes. But other than that, <laughs> probably not. I say that, but I had a whole uh, segment on a stream one time that went on for entirely too long where I took a bunch of like, you know, like the like the blunt bangs that like stop like right here. <laughs> yes. I took like 15 of those pictures and like rated them all. And like, so I, I actually have done that, but that was then and this is now. We don't make fun of each other's hair, Carter. <laughs> I'm too absorbed with my own hair yeah. and how it looks on a, on a daily basis that I can't really pay attention to anyone else's. I live in Alabama. It's too humid. It's just, you just try to make it work with what you got. Well, um, I definitely hey, noticed talk. every nuance and different hairstyle you've ever had. So, And I am particularly fond of this particular nuance, which is different in the obvious way. Okay. Um, <laughs> that's, a good, that's a good effort. Good effort, Carter. <laughs> <laughs> Megan, uh, let's let's start with you. We only have Megan for an hour, so um, because because Megan is going on Infowars after this, which hey, um, Infowars cool. does trump unsafe space, so <laughs> rightly so. <laughs> um, yeah. Megan, what uh, what's the mainstream media been misleading us about lately? And you know, oh, you know, nothing really. They're just so honest and credible that uh, there's just nothing to report. No, okay, so let's start from the beginning, shall we, Carter? Because I have not had any time to actually get on my own YouTube channel and update my my uh, channel. So I shared this video today, hoping they would watch. Okay. Oh, uh, I've had no time because I've been completely bombarded by both barrels of the left pointed at me for the last I don't know since. July 9th now. What'd you do? Yeah, because you tried to do journalism. Because I, yeah, I tried to do the job that the mainstream press refuses to do. So let's just go back to the beginning, shall we? On July sure. 1st, the Indianapolis Star printed this story. It had this innocuous kind of like anecdotal, vague report in it that a 10-year-old rape victim had to leave the state of Ohio. And, and let me read exactly what it said. This was the only thing the Indianapolis Star printed. Hours after the Supreme Court action, talking about Roe, the Buckeye State had outlawed any abortion after six weeks. Now, this doctor had a 10-year-old patient in the office, office who was six, week, six weeks and three days pregnant. Could Bernard help? Literally, that's all it said, okay? So I'm like... <coughs> Was there, well, and there was no like reference. I news doesn't usually do that, but there's no like link to, hey, no, here's the no, information. No, there was, it was one source. Okay. And the source was Dr. Caitlin Bernard, who, as I did some research into her that day when I saw this, I was like, I don't know, this seems, 
seems iffy right after Roe. They've got this like extremely horrific story and there's no corroboration of it. It's one source. I look into Caitlin Bernard. Sure enough, she's an activist. She's not only an abortionist, but she's an activist. She has never met a camera she didn't like. She's never met a media person she didn't like and want to talk to about her her current goals of getting more second trimester abortions and dismemberment abortions allowed. And um, and that for real is her specialty. That's what she likes to do is tear little babies limb from limb. And she wants that to be legal. So she doesn't like the first trimester stuff where it's clean. She really likes the, the message. She really likes that. Yeah, she sued the state of Indiana that's, that's so normal. that they couldn't stop her from doing dismemberment abortions. And that's what I found through my research. I'm like, this woman is not what I would consider to be a highly credible source because did they check what she said was accurate? Did anybody look for, you know, reports in police reports, for instance, because the rape of a 10-year-old resulting in a pregnancy is a real crime, like a serious crime, and there should be an investigation, there should be DCFS or CPS reports, there should be records. Well, she would have an obligation to report it if she was heard about it, right? Which is what I said. I said she's a mandated reporter, so is the other doctor in Ohio who allegedly told this woman she had this patient and she needed to see her. So there should be two sets of reports. I start digging into where are these reports. I start sending uh, FOIAs to uh, law enforcement in Indiana and law enforcement in Ohio. I'm checking all over the place, so can't find anything. Um, but of course, they didn't give us a location, so it was difficult. My thread questioning this, and I never said this is for sure a hoax. I said it looks like a hoax. It has all right. the earmarks of a hoax. And when I'm reporting on hoax stories, these are the things I look for. Within five days, this one little blurb that we just read to you went so viral, it went all the way around the world to Jerusalem, to the UK. It was in The Guardian, Yahoo News, MSNBC. It was in so many different news sources. And none of those places did any of their own investigating to corroborate this story. None of them said anything about the rapist. None of them said anything about the crime or how is the girl or where is she and who is helping her. None of that was in the reports. It was simply used to push a pro-abortion uh, agenda and look at how terrible life is now that Roe has been overturned. So right. because of seeing how that happened, my red flags went off. My spidey sense goes off. Says, this, there's something wrong here. So I'm asking the questions. And at no time in my original thread did I say, this is obviously false. I said, it's very suspect. Right. The veracity of this needs to be confirmed. It goes very viral. The Washington Post, Glenn Kessler, tries to corroborate the story. He takes all my research and calls it his own, but that's okay. I forgive him 100%. You know why? Because he got hammered just as hard as I did. So welcome to the club, Glenn. Now you know how it feels. But Glenn Kessler goes and tries to corroborate the story. He can't do it. And here's why. He calls all the same people I do, except he actually got Columbus police on the phone and they told him on July 9th that the, or 8th, he called them around the 8th or 9th. I don't, he didn't say what day, but it had to have been right around that time. They told him, no, they didn't have a report. Well, that's false. They had a report on June 22nd and we find that out later, but let's, we're not there yet. He calls, he can't get any corroboration. He has tried to find a police report. He did all the same thing that I did. Um, 
and he couldn't and he, he came up with the same conclusion this story cannot be corroborated but he right. concluded but it has the like it's got this truthiness thing because it's been reported so many times so it it appears to be fact-based because so many people including the president of the united states has used this yeah. poor <laughs> rape victim as a <laughs> as a political weapon against enemies and so he says well it seems true because it's been re- repeated. Can so I can times. I just read his thing? Because I love yeah, I love how Do bad it, it is. Um, he says this is the bottom. It says the bottom line. This is in a Washington Post. This is the bottom of his story. I'm quoting him. With news reports around the globe and now a presidential imprimatur. However, this is after he says. Sorry, let, let me start before this. This is a very difficult story to check. Bernard is on the record, but obtaining documents or other confirmation is all but impossible without details that would identify the locality where the rape occurred. So he's saying there's no corroboration here at all. At all. Then he says, however, (laughs) I can't believe this sentence. I know. I know. However, the, the story has acquired the status of a fact, no matter its provenance. What? Like, provenance. You, I don't know how you say that. Provenance. 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 Yes. How do you? Is it provenance. I'm trying to be provenance. French about it. Okay. How do you? It's origin, basically. How do you establish that? If how does something acquire uh, being a truth? I, that, that doesn't make any sense with no corroboration. Anyway, that was all I pointed out. That this story cannot be corroborated. So how can we just be repeating it as truth without corroboration? Now, listen. Kessler reached out to Dr. Bernard. So did I. So did the Wall Street Journal. So did a bunch of different huge news organizations, not just PJ Media, uh, which you should all be reading, by the way, pjmedia.com. Please go find me there. Uh, It was big, big, big organizations who tried to contact this doctor, not to ask her anything, you know, identifying about the patient. The only question to her was, when did you Put in your required legal reports. You should have done a mandated report and you have to do a termination of pregnancy report to any underage child to the state of Indiana. When was that done? Did you do it? And what day? She could have said, I did it. And I did it on July 2nd, which is when she did it. She didn't. She let the entire media think that she would not answer the question. She kept saying, I have no information on this. To everyone, that's what she said. So the whole weekend goes by and this thing starts roiling. It is now, now all of conservative press is now feeling what, they're feeling okay to say, yeah, we thought there was something wrong with this story in the first place and we think you're using it as a political weapon. So prove us wrong. I get a call on Sunday. They want me to go on Jesse Waters to talk about this. I have no idea that the attorney general of Ohio is scheduled to come on right after me. I have no idea. I mean, this got so big, so quick, no clue. I say, of course, I'm going to go Fox News calls. I go. They send a car. It's all very exciting. So I go down to the station. I do my interview. and, And same thing. I say the same thing I've been saying the whole time, which is this is not corroborated. It has a lot of red flags. Our journalism should be better than this. Journalism should should check the facts and should oh and the indie star wouldn't repl- wouldn't respond they wouldn't respond to me they wouldn't respond to fox news they told fox news to basically pound sand they said our reporting speaks for itself and i'm like what does that have to, me? What, what does that what even does that mean, mean? Yeah. It does, it's not clear. They said it was clear. Our reporting is perfectly clear. No, no, it's not perfectly clear. You wouldn't even tell people. We weren't asking you for your for the information you had, if you had a big scoop or whatever. We asked you, 
to tell us how you verified this story. We would have, I would have settled for the Indianapolis Star reporter, who's or not reporter, editor, whose name is Bro Crift. I would have settled for Bro telling me I saw the reports myself. Okay, fine. Bro says he saw them. So that means he has them. So they must exist. I would have accepted that. No, he didn't do that. He wouldn't even respond to me. So, so I go on. And yeah, please remember, this is the same media that did the thing with Jesse Smollett. Thank you for bringing that up, G-Man, mm-hmm. uh, and for your super chat. Thank you for bringing that up. Doesn't matter if it's fake as long as it's the name of social justice. Jesse Smollett, the media ran with his account, with his account of that story, totally uncritical, uncritical of him, and just repeated it as fact all over the place. This is the same thing they did with this story, and it matters that they didn't corroborate it, and it matters that I caught them not corroborating it, and they can't say otherwise because they didn't. Anyway, I go on, Jesse. We talk about this. He then, I get off the air, and I'm watching on the monitor. I'm still in the studio, and here comes the Attorney General of Ohio. Oh, my God. They got the AG. I'm dying. I was, like, yelling, screaming at the screen. Oh, my God. Here it comes. Because I knew for a fact that he was probably running around Ohio trying to find this account. So I knew he was going to have something. Right, yeah. He's not going to go on Fox News without having something. And he says exactly what I thought. I've asked everybody I know, prosecutors, sheriffs, all my law enforcement people to give me this report if they have it. I don't even have a whisper of it. That's what he says. So now conservative press goes crazy. Now it's like, well, if the- I remember that was was the inflection point of it. Like it went like- And it's totally understandable. It's totally understandable for people to go, all right, stick it in the hoax category. Because if the attorney general of the state, the top cop, has no idea that doesn't have any report and has asked for it, then we should put this in the hoax category. Now, what happens? OMG, I wake up on Tuesday morning. I wake up on Tuesday morning and not only has there been an arrest in this case, but it's an illegal alien who... In is in a sanctuary city in Columbus. And I'm like, and now the entire left-wing media is focused both barrels on me, calling me a liar, calling me a rape uh, victim shamer. And excuse, you know, fuck you all. Okay, because all I did was say, why didn't you ask who is the rapist? Where is the rapist? Where is, how come this story is about Roe? How come this story is about abortion rights? Why isn't this story about a little girl who was raped by someone and you could give two shits about what's going to happen to her? Clearly, because none of you reported on it. None of you bothered to check the police reports. And if the Indianapolis Star had it, if they had those police reports and they knew there was somebody under investigation for this and they didn't share it with the public, what does that make them? Is it because he's an illegal alien that they didn't share it? Or did they not have it? Did they not know? I don't know because it's not like they're going to tell me. Yeah. Do we know anything now about what people may or may not have known beforehand? Like, is there any information that's come out other than this guy yeah. was arrested? And Yes. Okay. So. Continuing to do what I do, despite the massive amount of pressure in the New York Times and Rolling Stone writing nasty and untrue things about me. Thanks, by the way, for the weight loss, because I needed to lose some weight and I lost eight pounds in a week over this. I have finally discovered the That's secret the to, to losing weight. weight. Oh, it is. It absolutely is. You, you lo- When you lose your ability to eat food, 
you start losing weight. It's incredible. It works every time. I highly recommend being targeted by the New York Times and Rolling Stone for weight loss. And I and I'd say, keep it coming. I need to lose 20 more. Please keep it coming. All right. So where Good was for I? You. What, what was I? Awesome. So, here's the thing. Here's the thing. I yeah, I'm living on caffeine and, and like ADD meds at this point. It's 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 okay. Hey, my I, I'm girl. gonna get through. I'm <laughs> gonna get through it. Uh, but here's the thing: all of you, a bunch of you who keep putting comments on my YouTube channel, uh, asking me when am I going to apologize for getting it wrong? Yeah, how about never? Here's the answer I have for you: I will never ever apologize for forcing lazy, corrupt journalists to get off their asses and do their jobs. If they had done their job in the first place, we wouldn't even, we wouldn't be here. And by the way, they had every opportunity to tell you that an illegal alien raped that kid and they didn't. They And you need to ask them that question. How come you didn't tell us that an illegal alien raped this kid? You Indianapolis star, you Columbus dispatch, who supposedly clearly had the inside line that they wouldn't give anybody else. They clearly got tipped off. They got tipped off at the arraignment. They got tipped off and nobody else was at the arraignment. And then that's I'm sorry, that Columbus dispatch journalist who was in the courtroom goes on Twitter and mocks other journalists for not being in the courtroom. And I'm like, uh, listen, bitch, nobody was allowed to be there. You didn't. You, did you tell anybody that this was happening? No, we didn't know it was happening. Nobody gave anybody. The Washington Post didn't even know it was happening. Like, this is just absurd. You, they know for a fact they must have had an inside line on this somehow. I don't know through who and I don't know through what. But to get on Twitter and start mocking other journalists for not being in a courtroom when the uh, when the information is not being made available, it's just stupid. It's totally stupid. Okay, so new stuff. Yes. So now that we know there was a rape and now that we know the girl is actually real, it makes the story a thousand times worse because Dr. Caitlin Bernard and the Indianapolis Star used a real rape victim, a real child rape victim to push a pro-abortion narrative. They used her as a political weapon. Gosh, that's horrible. My brain didn't even go there. I thought, well, this has to be a hoax because nobody would use, nobody in their right mind would use a real child victim. Right. But they did. So then so we know that that that's true. The second one is uh, the second question. And, and the thing that came up is um, so I have now been trying to find out I'm pivoting. So now I'm pivoting because I'm a journalist. So I'm going to follow the story wherever it goes. So listening to anybody saying to me, oh, well, now you're now you care about this victim. Listen, I cared from the beginning and it was in all my reporting that I said, if there is a victim, we should be finding out who this rapist is. We should be hunting down, uh, there should be a statewide manhunt for the rapist. This is a story about child rape. It is not a story about abortion. Okay, because, uh, okay, so new news today. I'm sorry, I keep trying to get there. I wrote an article today on you know, Carter's like, just just giving up his entire show to me. It's I'm all sorry. good. I mean, whatever. He, Honestly, I, I, I said I you could hold the whole show. I follow it like perfectly. So you're like, <laughs> I'm with you, girl. You go. And I'm like, I'm, this is fascinating. All right. So today I write an article because the Columbus Dispatch puts out this new uh, article this morning. And in their report, they just kind of quietly admit that the Indianapolis Star's original reporting was wrong. Listen to what the Columbus Dispatch had to say. Uh, let me get to where their quote is here. It is... Um, 
Aha. Uh -huh. the, so the Columbus Dispatch is doing like an update and what do we know now? Here's what they said. Ohio law does not make any exceptions for rape or incest, but does allow exceptions for the health of the mother. Because of the girl's age, Ohio Attorney General Dave Yost said the girl would have fallen under the exemption. Yeah. So, so, so get this. The Attorney General on Fox News on Monday, after saying, I don't know if this is real because I've got no report, but if it was real, she didn't have to leave Ohio. It was huge. I, we then go into the law, like we're a bunch of us at PGA Media, we're going into the law, we're calling our Ohio representatives, we're, we're figuring it out, like what is the deal? W would this have been covered? And the very first thing I find out that shows that Dr. Caitlin Bernard was not being very forthcoming or the Indianapolis Star didn't do their homework was she said that she was six weeks and three days over. The law does not have a six week ban. The law is not about weeks. It is about fetal heartbeat detection. So right there, that was an, oh. that was inaccurate in the Indianapolis Star's reporting. It was inaccurate. the The law says that you, when a fetal heartbeat is detected, uh, then you can't get an abortion unless, and there's many exceptions: the health and safety of the mother. The uh, and here's the one that it would have fallen under. You're looking at it right now. I think I I put it in the gray box right there. Do you see where it says defines serious risk? So the, the attorney general put out a clarification because everyone was accusing him of saying this, this law wouldn't apply. The italicized language is crucial. As another provision, the law defines serious risk of the substantial and irreversible impairment of a major bodily function to mean any medically diagnosed condition that so complicates the pregnancy of the woman as to directly or indirectly cause the substantial and irreversible impairment of a major bodily function. Let's just stop right there. A 10-year-old is not physically capable, I don't think, of carrying a baby. And any doctor could make the make the call that it would it could seriously impair her future. No one would prosecute a doctor no one. for, get, no for one. doing this. No one. Yeah. No one. And and every all Ohio politicians we we've talked to, including the attorney general, they have all said this child is the exemption. So there is no proof that anyone would have gone after an Ohio doctor for doing this. And I have a question. Why didn't the Ohio doctor fight for her patient? Why didn't she test or he or she test the law? If, if the abortion activists are so worried about this, this would have been the perfect test case in Ohio to bring a lawsuit against the state for this law. Right. 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 If this was if she really had to cross state lines, this was the opportunity to fight and show that it was mm -hmm. a problem. And they didn't. But they didn't. They took her to Indiana, I believe, in order to make this a story about, oh, how terrible it is. And also there's some question, too, about the gestational age of the um, of the pregnancy, because. According to some calculations, I had a nurse contact me and say, I did the calculations based on the reporting that Dr. Bernard did. And it looks to me like they should have placed her gestational, uh, the pregnancy at four weeks, not six. So if it were at four weeks, it's even earlier, no heartbeat. That's like, it's a no, it's a gimme. Um, right. And no one, and we, at least here's a good thing about this. We all found out that neither Republicans nor Democrats um that all of us agree on one thing, which is that a 10-year-old rape victim who's pregnant is the exception to any abortion restriction ever made. No one has said, not one person has said, oh yeah, she should be forced to, to go through a pregnancy despite whatever risk to her own health there may be. Come on. 
come on. Yeah. And and that's the other, I'm getting like, also I'm getting some idiots just saying that I haven't um, made my position clear. Well, I'm making it clear right now. I'm completely okay with the doctor treating this patient in this case. I am completely okay with the exception being what it is and being this particular patient. But I am not okay with the lazy bullshit journalism that was done on this reporting in the first place. And thank God I asked some questions because now we know that an illegal alien is the one responsible or allegedly responsible for this crime. And we need to now look closer into Columbus and their sanctuary city policies and what the hell was happening in this household. So that brings me to article number two that I was he in the household with, with them. Let's get into that. Shall we? Because (laughs) yes, I want to know. The mother, now Telemundo, everybody please go to Telemundo on Twitter or wherever and give them a like and a thumbs up and a share and a whatever because Telemundo is doing the work that our media will not do. So good for Telemundo because they're actually knocking on the door of this woman. They find her, they go, they find the the mother and uh, interview her. She tells them he's her boyfriend and that he didn't do it. She doesn't she thinks he's totally innocent. Now that brings up a problem. The police testified on Wednesday at the hearing that this mother is the one who brought the complaint to the DC to uh, Franklin County Children's Services, FCCS. That's what they said on the stand. Now mom is telling Telemundo she didn't do that. She didn't report this. So now the question becomes where are the children? It's not just the rape victim, but she has other children in the house. She was living in the house with Fuentes. The guy's name is Gerson Fuentes, who was arrested, and the police say he confessed. Mom was living in the same house with that him and the children. When did FCCS take custody of the children, if they even did? I can't get an answer from Franklin County Children's Services about this. There is a very big story here that if the media had planned had actually done their digging, they would have found. And it's a story of government corruption and and possibly dropping the ball on this rape victim who was pregnant. Why did the police get this account on June 22, but they didn't make an arrest until July 12th, the day after the Fox News media blitz? They were told on July 6th from the child herself who did this to her. They waited six more days before they arrested uh, this guy. Were they trying to, did they think the prosecutor wouldn't go after him because he's an illegal? Uh, are the, it was the media hiding the fact that this guy's an illegal alien like they do with all these? I mean, follow Ann Coulter's reporting on that. The media yep. is in a, is in a complete state of denial when it comes to illegal alien crime. They refuse to even tell us. And here's how you know, when they reported in all, when they reported this guy uh, in all the major media, they described him as a Columbus man. I saw that. Of course. Of course. I feel like I've been talking for far too long. Someone say something. No, I mean, I, I, think, I think you're spot on with this, right? <laughs> um, and and the frustrating thing here, Megan, is that you seem like you're the lone voice. Like, there's no one in the mainstream media asking these questions. There's no one actually doing this. I mean, other, I guess Telemundo, right? Telemundo's doing but, it. In the yeah. English-speaking mainstream media, no one's doing anything here. 
Yeah, and and also a couple of different people like um, uh, uh, Newsbusters has been doing good work on this, and so other conservative media is kind of jumping in. Fox is still reporting on it. Fox News is reporting on it. Fox fifty nine in Indiana is doing good work on it. They uncovered okay. the reports finally. Uh, Angela Ganote, she's a reporter there on the ground in Indiana. She's been doing an excellent job, um, and I do usually find that that local reporters do better work. The Indianapolis Star, by the way, is owned by a big corporate conglomerate conglomerate called Gannett Company, Gannett Corp. And they also them. They own a lot of papers. They own the Columbus Dispatch, too. Does that so if that means anything? So they are not technically like on the ground local. And if you notice, one of the other major red flags that tipped me off in the very beginning that there was something wrong with the story was that the local reporters in Ohio were not reporting this story. So local ABC, NBC, CBS, which are usually much better than the national press, they were not reporting the story. Why? Why weren't they reporting the story? Somebody needs to ask them. Uh, They never. How come it was the Indianapolis Star, an Indianapolis paper that was re- that that broke this story, and then they never followed up on it in Ohio? That was another red flag. It was like, if this really happened, it would be all over the local news. Well, now it is because there's been an arrest, so you can corroborate it. That's what I was looking for was the corroboration. And then I'm also getting criticism that I'm somehow invading the privacy of this child. Caitlin Bernard did that. Caitlin Bernard brought this child into the national spotlight, into the international spotlight. She did that. Now that it's out there, we have to go ahead. No, that's the question. So my my thing is like the beginning of this. Right. So uh, Caitlin Bernard, it says in the beginning of the article, uh, has a Uh, a colleague, a child abuse doctor in Ohio. So this tells me that there's a network of these uh, ready for media activist Mm -hmm. medical types, like the Liana Wins and and such, you know, the, the frequent contributor. Cause as you were pulling up all the articles where she shows up and she's, she's in it all the time. Right. Um, All the time. So she's got this network of doctors around the country, presumably at least one, uh, that are dealing with some of the most heinous and delicate crimes against children, uh, presumably other things as well. And they're just waiting on the turn of, you know, like at the drop of a hat as soon as they, you're like, oh, this one's this one's going to do numbers. Like they use it for their little blurb. And then, because I mean, I don't know how, I don't know the the like readership of the like Indie Star. I don't know like how many people read this on a daily basis. Like the fact that, this little blurb had the capacity to go viral so quickly. Like this was planted here and then some like subsequent Memo. media machine mm-hmm. took it out and like put it elsewhere. Cause again, any yeah. start a weird, a weird place for it to, for it to land. So like, I'm wondering about this, like, I bet there, I bet if you go back, maybe and we should different- look and see, maybe yeah. we should look and see is Gannett Corp. Uh, how often does she show up in an article? So I can show you Gannett. I've, I've got Gannett right like here. Here, let me let me um let me share. Gannett owns like USA you. Today. Do we know um, who the doctor is from Ohio now? And no. they own yeah. Here, no. I've got them all right here. Hold on. Look at I've Gannett also brand. shared. I want to show you my um, I want to show you my spreadsheet too. When you get a second. Oh, okay, cool. Yeah. So if you can look, so here's my own heart. USA Today, and if you you can go, you can scroll down to Ohio, right? Hmm. Yeah, 
Now, Here's for some all the reason, papers they own in the Ohio. Indianapolis Star was not listed on there when I looked at it last, but it is part of the. Uh, it is the, now, yeah. Uh, it's is it uh, on there on Indiana? The Indy Star, Indianapolis Star. Okay, yep. there it is. All right, good. All right, right. so, so yeah, um, I think maybe we need to look at if you want to pull up what I just shared on the sc- with you yeah. on the screen. Uh, this was I'm keeping I'm keeping archives of every single media uh, sort like article I can find. Now, if you look at the top here, we, where it's, this is uh, starting in 2017. This is Dr. Caitlin Bernard in the media about abortion. So she was talking to the New York Times in 2017. In 2018, she's got her uh, women's health page up. 2019, she was talking about her lawsuit about dis- dismemberment abortions. 2022, now it begins the media blitz. On 624, she was in the center square. On 627, she was on Fox 59, all about Roe Doomsday, Roe Doomsday, WFYI, Roe Doomsday, WRTV, Roe Doomsday. Um, Indiana lawyer files injunction against Bernard's suit. Uh, 629 Politico. She's in Politico on 629. And then boom, Indiana star, Indianapolis star on, on July 1st, pregnant 10 year old. Now you can follow the pregnant 10 year old story. It gets into the Daily Mail, Yahoo News, the Daily Beast, the Huffington Post, the Hill, Newsweek, Politico, Mother Jones, the Guardian, TMZ, MSNBC, Washington Post, uh, Michigan Advance, and that and the Republic. That was all in, in the Herald Bulletin within five days. And that's not even all of them. I didn't get all of them. Some people told me they found sources in Jerusalem and stuff. So we should find out if any of these publications are owned they usually pick up. or connected yeah. to Gannett, right? Gannett. Oh, I'm yeah. Sure Maybe that's, well, uh, website that's how it here, spread. Let's see. I mean, they've got what? Yeah, they've, they've got Cincinnati Inquirer, Indianapolis Star, Detroit Free Press, Florida Times Union. Yeah, so I'm just going to go ahead and let you know, Megan, you and I are going to be very good friends because you and I have a very similar work style. And I'm like getting very excited because I don't see people make spreadsheets. <laughs> Look at this. And so yeah, I, I haven't, this is not nerd, complete. Megan, no. Is... Oh, yeah. No, this is... Look how it starts changing. <laughs> Get me all excited. <laughs> Look how it starts changing. So women are going to die, self-abortions, pregnant 10-year-old. Now here's in the spectator, a skeptical piece on the 9th. Of course, I wrote mine on the 8th. So mine came out on the 8th. Here's one on the 9th. Hit piece on me in the New York Times. Fact check in the Washington Post. Uh, Associated. Who, who wrote your hit piece? Who was, who was the author? Was it Davey? Uh, she did mine. I don't, I don't know. Oh, you got Wait, written about the, the New York Is the hit piece on you Times? before... They fig- they the guy was no. Arrested. It was after. It was after. Oh, okay. Okay. Uh, oh, it was written been... by Michelle Goldberg. Oh. But you know what's funny about this is that what she, what she said about me. Where did it go? Let's see. Let's find what she said exactly. Because I remember reading it and laughing out loud. Going. This is it. This is all. Um, oh, did she take? What the heck? Where did it go? Where did it go? Well, now I don't know. It's not right in front of me, so I can't find it because it's too long of a piece. But the Rolling Stone article that they wrote about me was hilarious also. Let me see if I can pull that up and share it with you because that was funny. Hold on. I like the Rolling Stone one because the thing they said about me, I'm like, well, that makes me look awesome. Here, let's <laughs> let's get that on the screen. And I was like, I don't know what they were trying to do there because I'm completely okay with that. Here, I'll share this with you. This is an article by Nikki McCann, and it's called um, 
conservatives called Ohio an Ohio rape case fake news. Now an arrest has been made. Like, oh, okay. So just because we, before anyone would corroborate this story, but listen, look at this. This is funny. All right, I'm sharing it with you. So here it is. And of course, they've got a picture of Nikki, or what's her name? Christy Nome, because they went after her uh, with this yep. as a thing. All right, the narrative exploded after so a July 5 viral Twitter thread by Megan Fox, a writer at, at right wing outfit PJ Media, <laughs> claiming the timing of this horrific story. Gotta have those is, adjectives. <laughs> is too on the nose. I don't see what's wrong with that. Like it was on the nose. I don't see what, que and questioning why sources were unwilling to publicly disclose sensitive information regarding the rape of a child. I'm sorry. I'm sorry, ma'am. Is the rapist sensitive information? Is, is the fact that an illegal alien raped her sensitive? Because I don't think it is. It's public corroboration from authorities. Right. All you yeah. needed was someone to say, we saw the reports, the end, and you would have been fine. Exactly. That's all we wanted. That's all the Washington Post wanted. That's all I yeah. wanted. But nobody would say it. Now, look at this. Look at this at the end here. She says, um, wait, where did it go? She does one more dig at me, and it's funny. Crap. Where did it go? Uh, I'll do a command find. Ah, right. There's one. Where's the next one? No, that's Fox News. Fox News. Ah, Megan Fox, the right wing, right wing writer. I can't even say that. Say that six times fast. That's tough. Right, right wing, wing writer. writer whose Twitter thread raising doubt about the story went viral, responded to the news on Wednesday by taking credit for the arrest. Would this arrest what? have happened if no one asked questions about the shoddy reporting of this heinous act she wrote? I'm glad someone was arrested. Is that supposed to make me look bad? Yeah, I was going to say I don't, that that actually looks pretty good. I know. Only a fascist would put a you know illegal alien in jail for raping a ten year old. So. I, know. I know. Like what? Are, what are they thinking? Like, they love to say this thing that I'm taking credit for the arrest. I'm not taking credit for the arrest. You know what I'm going to take credit for right now, and I'll do it on the record. I am taking credit for forcing the media to tell you that an illegal alien raped this kid. I forced them. They had to choose between their abortion narrative or spilling the beans that it was a an illegal alien rapist and they chose the so abortions more important to them than than protecting illegal rapists so illegal yep. aliens. so we've we found out what they care about more <laughs> they care more about killing babies than protecting illegal alien rapists so that's pretty interesting uh but no this would never have come out without me uh asking these questions and causing the firestorm that happened and i will never apologize for doing that no well, I mean, it's the right oh, thing, yeah, and I, awesome. I just want to I want to point out they're calling you a writer instead of a journalist, which is like that. This is how they, yeah, they, they they did that to Cernovich. I remember they used to do that to Cernovich. They would be like a blogger. It's like right. I'm sorry, is this not in the Rolling Stone? Like, <laughs> right? Yeah. These, wasn't it like about Yo, music what are at you? one point? What are you in they're, the Rolling Stone? They were the ones that put like pictures of people like outside in like the winter during the summer uh, claiming people were like waiting for ivermectin and like the people are like, these people are in coats and like literal snow. It's July. What are you doing? Aren't, aren't like, they also weren't they responsible the ones who for the Duke, the Duke rape cross? Yes. Duke yeah. cross. The Duke. Yeah. Lacrosse and mattress hoax. girl was so also Rolling me, Stone. Forgive me if I will not be lectured to by the Rolling Stone who has a history of reporting fake news. 
You know, yeah. like the, it, I will not be lectured to by these people. Uh, and thank you, Rolling Stone, for, um, I don't know, elevating my my name in the press. I I can't I, I can't tell you I haven't lost any uh, followers. I've gained I'm up to like over 20,000 on Twitter now. It seems that people like That's real awesome. journalism. Seems like people like like journalists who ask questions. And uh, and and, you know, these these cucks in the media who want to say, oh, it's about sensitivity of the of the media, of the of the child. And this, we can't ask questions because the government doesn't want us to. You know what? That's not journalism. I don't know what that is, but it's not journalism. So I'm going to tell you exactly, though, what I have done uh, in the last day Um uh, to get, well, how do I stop sharing this? I'm going to tell you what I've done in the last, well, to just today to get this information confirmed about where are the children and are they safe? Because now I've been reporting on CPS and there and losing children and, you know, keeping kids in harm's way for, for over a decade. So they kind of, uh, I kind of stumbled into a story that's directly in my wheelhouse, turns out, because now DCFS or what they call Franklin County Children's Services involved in this. And of course, that immediately raises more red flags for me. So now that this story has changed, I'll tell you where I'm going next. Now, for those of you naysayers out there, journalism requires asking a lot of questions and theorizing a whole lot. I need to ask a lot of questions like, did this happen? Did that happen? And guess what? Some of them might not have happened, but I need to ask the questions to figure it out. Do you get it? It's like it's like breaking a puzzle, but you have to figure it out. Um, so because they're not going to tell you the government's not going to come and tell you all the mistakes they made. You have to figure it out. So, OK, here's how I'm trying to figure it out. I sent a FOIA request, a Freedom of Information request, to the Franklin County uh, Children's Services on the 14th of July. I asked them to please tell me if these children were taken into state custody and on what date. I want to know the timeline. I'm trying to build the timeline of events and how it happened. And I was told that they had to send my request to their legal department on the 15th. On the 16th, I followed up asking, did the legal department get this? Is anyone going to respond to me? No response. I then called uh, over the, I waited the weekend. I've been working on the article that published that we were just looking at. Um, and I was waiting for to hear from them before I published it. And on Monday morning, right before I went on the Glenn Beck show today, I called the legal department and I got them on the phone. And I asked them to please, I said, did you get my FOIA request? And what do you think she said? Oh, no, I don't have that, of course. So I say, okay, well, I'm forwarding it to you now. But also, this is a pretty easy question. Are the children in the custody of the state? Or did you leave them with the mother who denies that this man was on top of her 10-year-old? Because that's an important question. Did the, state, did the county follow Ohio child abuse protocols in this case and protect these children? She said, long pause. Like, super long pause. And then she goes... I don't have any information about that. And I will get back to you on your questions when I can. I say, fine, I hang up. But I do tell her before I hang up, I, I wanna let you know, in all the years of me doing this, I've never had a county services children's department tell me that they can't confirm or deny if they have custody of children that are in a high profile case that has international public coverage. Right. She didn't say anything to that, but I just wanted to point it out to her like it would be highly unusual if you didn't answer this question. An hour later, I get an email from uh, county services saying, we cannot give you this information. It's confidential based on such and such law, period. 
I think that's bullshit. So I have now reached out in a, in a press inquiry to um, the Attorney General Yost in Ohio because he's one of the law enforcement people there who can get his hands on that file and confirm for the public whether or not those children were put into protective custody. There are other children in the house. And Telemundo uh, confirmed that the mother not only is saying that this guy didn't do it, but she's also pregnant with another one of his kids. And there are other children in the house. And he was in the house according to the timeline we have from at least June 22nd through July 12th, when all the kids were still in the house, including the victim. So I need to know, and the public needs to know, the American public deserves to know if their taxpayer-funded government agencies who are supposed to protect children are actually doing that job. And I'm going to find out if they're actually doing the job or not. And if they're doing the job, great, terrific. Just tell me you did it. This is another example of, of officials not answering questions when they could just clear it up. And I'm starting to think wow. they probably did act perfectly uh, uh, legally and they, responsibly, but they just, for whatever reason, don't want to talk to me. And it's just yeah. crazy because it's like, but you keep on, you make people think you're hiding something when you don't just come out and say it. So I sent another press inquiry also to the Ohio State Department of uh, Family and Jobs, Job and Family Services, asking them to tell me why Franklin County won't respond to this. Because th this is something that the public needs to know, especially in Columbus, Columbus, Ohio, that those people in Columbus need to know that their officials are doing the things that they're supposed to do to 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 protect the children in their community. Don't you want to know if they got if they if they removed the children during the investigation? I also talked to two sexual abuse nurses, uh, sane nurses, they're called I, outside of the state of Ohio. I didn't find any in Ohio to talk to, but I found some other ones outside of the state. They told me it is unheard of for a 10-year-old girl who is pregnant to go get a pregnancy test at some doctor somewhere and then go home with the people who brought her there. She would be immediately taken into custody and a whole chain of events would be, would be you know, set off like fireworks. That 10-year-old wouldn't go home. Did she go home? Why won't they say? What is going on that they won't respond? And don't you find it interesting that the Indianapolis Star or the Columbus Dispatch aren't asking these questions of the authorities? How come I'm the only one doing it? Yeah, I mean, I mean it's, it, very, I, it's look, very common for, you know, sex trafficking uh, enterprises to uh, utilize forced abortion to cover up, uh, you know, mm. evidence of crimes. I'm not saying that I, that's what's a, the I'm chat, not saying that's what the case is here, but it could it's be. a very it's a very it common occurrence. Be. The chat is back alley gaming says they can't answer because of privacy laws. They can't give me any details about the case. They certainly can say we have taken custody of these children. They, they, I'm sure they've no, said that about other children in the they past. Have. The press. Yeah. I mean I deal with child services in all different states. I have had them confirm to me before whether or not they're investigating something. They will tell you yes or no. They won't give you the file. You're not going to get the details. And that's not what I'm asking for. I am simply asking for the government, who should be transparent with this kind of stuff, to confirm or deny if they followed the abuse protocols in that state. That question needs to be answered, and it needs to be answered now, because the, the authorities and the people of the state need to be able to hold these officials accountable if they didn't do the right thing in this case, period. Yeah. 
there's something still fishy about this whole thing to me. The, the, the whole thing feels like, first of all, the the way the initial story was handled feels like a honeypot. It feels like they were like, we're not going to tell anyone anything so that we can, I'm, again, I'm not saying they actually did this, but it certainly feels like the an example of we're going to let the conservative media do what they should do, which is question because we're not going to give them any information, and then we're going to make them look bad by right. revealing the information later after but they've I, come to know, these perfectly reasonable conclusions. I don't care that they did. I mean, yeah, that's dirty tricks, and it does look like they did that, especially Dr. Caitlin Bernard, who was asked multiple times if she put in those reports, and she could have just said yes. You know, she right. didn't have to even give them to anyone. She could have just said, yes, I did on July 2nd. So contact the attorney general of Indiana or whatever. Um, even the attorney general of Indiana was with those reports were withheld from him. He, he sent a letter to the governor of the state saying, I have asked for these things now multiple times. This was before he went on Fox news. He had asked for the reports multiple times and he was he, no one gave them to him. So what is he supposed to think? What, what is he supposed to think when he's the top cop in the state and no one will give him the information? Who's yeah. withholding these things and why? And for what purpose? And is it dirty tricks, political tricks? Well, you know what? Even if they did that, whatever, it's not going to it's not going to deter me from doing what I do. It's not going to deter me from continuing to ask questions. Oh, so you didn't respond to my perfectly reasonable questions and you think I'm the one that looks bad? I I, I just you didn't respond to Glenn Kessler. You didn't respond to the Washington Post on Thursday of last week. Her attorney comes out and makes the statement she should have made on July 6th when I asked her the question. It took her to, from the 6th to the 14th or 15th to make the statement. Why? Why did it take so long for her attorney to come out and say, Dr. Bernard, Bernard did everything correct? Well, not everything, because she listed the alleged rapist as a 17-year-old minor on the report that she made. But that could have been, that's another red flag that maybe the mother was covering for the rapist uh, because did she get that information from the mother? I mean, Dr. Bernard had to get that information from someone connected to the case. I would imagine that it was probably a relative uh, or some, whoever brought her for the, the procedure. Um, so there's hmm. just, there's still a lot of red flags with this story. And I still, I maintain that every question I asked was reasonable and I would ask it again. Um, the you should. They were the right questions that everyone should have been asking. Yeah, they were. Oh, I gotta go. I gotta be on in yes, three minutes do. on Infowars. So I think. Is it, is, it, is, it, is it okay if I you. get your contact information from Carter? I'd like to message. Of course, right. cool. of course. That's cool. good because I already sent some of it. No, wait, maybe I didn't. No, I'll I just said, no. I have her like Twitter and Gab account. Like, it's, oh, I'll I'll give you her. I know you're. I'll, I'll I know you're the most popular girl in school right now. But I'd love to talk to you later. I think. Yeah, I know. Hopefully that'll die down soon because I'm I'm not exactly comfortable in this position. You're doing great, girl. Like very uncomfortable. Trial by trial by fire. Have fun on info. You're doing great. All right, thank you. Awesome. What's up, Carter? Damn. How you doing, Al? I so I thought like you had like Megan Fox, like the you know, Machine Gun Kelly. No, I'm just kidding. Uh, that was amazing. This is the Megan Fox that doesn't have toe thumbs. That's how we usually. Re <laughs> that's how we describe her. This Megan Fox is. I saw. I just saw someone in chat uh, was, earlier. Some great so report. That's fantastic work. Hmm? Yeah, she's like the female Nick Rakita. I've heard people say, but yeah, she does excellent work. She does. She really. 
I love her Kato. She behaves like a journalist. This is what you would expect. She just, you know, grabs the bone and doesn't let go until she gets to the bottom of it. Right. So yeah, I like that. Um, and for that, she's vilified and and hated. So, man, I've got so many like. I feel like my instinct, like so, right? Like the original. I just want to bounce my ideas off you now. Like the original, you know, it came from a, uh, you know, a, a like child trauma specialist or something based out of the area where they were at, right? I feel like this was potentially uh, one of those, uh, you know, like the amnesty groups or like the, that, uh, you know, put uh, people who were here illegally in homes and apartments and things like that. I feel like they're probably uh, in a place with some organization and the original article in uh, the ND Star, like, she again, it wasn't about that. It was the introduction with, like, some very vague details. And then they jump right on into, like, defending abortion and, like, don't even mention, like, the girl again. They don't follow up on any of it. I feel like they, right. they've got this network of, like, again, probably nonprofits and all of the shit. I want to, okay, I'm going to, like, after we get done with the stream, I'm going to find out. Because, I mean, they were, like, at the place where they live, like on uh tell them no. like i'm about to like do mm-hmm. some like 4chan shit and find out exactly where that was and see if anyone's like like nonprofits are paying for like apartments or homes there i bet they are i bet they are and i bet that's what this is well that i mean it wouldn't be surprising to hear so let's again this is all this is hypothetical we're just allegedly a speculative lively yeah it's all speculative but it would it wouldn't be surprising that um a a story pops out of some environment like that with you know mm-hmm. uh, a group dedicated to protecting uh, illegal immigrants and oh, they're all over the place. They're usually Catholic right. organizations. And, and that story pops out, and they say, "Well, we can't give you details because we don't want to look bad as a community." They probably but listed him as a minor so that they didn't have right. to like report like a you know that could be considered a like a different. Mm-hmm. Level of crime. So here's and an anecdote you can use. Megan comes along. Right, right. Hmm. Here's an anecdote you can use for your your story for your leftist, you know, propaganda, and just don't you know obscure the origin. And if it hadn't been for Megan, right? I mean, like you said, it's a couple lines in an entire article about Roe v. Wade. It's it not the focus. To be the, if it it was supposed to be the rage inducing, like the it was supposed to be the rage inducing hook, but like they clearly don't care about the outcome. Uh, after that for the girl they cared about again in in my crazy conspiracy theorist mind covering up a crime they again it's not an accident it's not curious that they reported him as a 17 year old he's considered a minor if that happened so then that wouldn't be a different way to report it uh and they could handle it differently it was never supposed to be the story that it became and that's why they were scrambling for so long to confirm it until i guess they could get all their shit together to try to spin it in their like positive, like you know, light. That's I, I feel like that's exactly what it is. I'm all right. I'm gonna find out where that place is. I wouldn't be surprised. There's again, nonprofits I mean, we'll paying for places there. I bet there yeah. is. Yeah, we, we'll, bet, see, we'll see. what you uncover and what Megan does. But yeah, There's I wouldn't. So I, look, I, I wouldn't that's be surprised. The other thing that happens is when 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 people do stuff like that. Let's say that they intentionally re- misreported. As soon as someone shines a light on this and do, starts to do some investigation, that actually Panic. explains the delay in communication because mm-hmm. uh, they've got to figure out how to get their shit together because they got mm-hmm. caught, right? Mm-hmm. And there's a there's a discrepancy, and they need to be able to uh, to pull themselves together and explain that discrepancy. The best somehow you can have is Glenn Kessler going, yeah, well, it's hard to prove, but. <laughs> 
Right. <laughs> hey, trust it, it's acquired the status of a fact. So hmm. that's, that's really all we need to know, Elle. I like her. I like her vibe. She's cool. Yeah, she's great. Uh, I knew you'd like her. Like, so, I mean, um, like on top of like doing a, a, like a bang up job, I don't want to like, don't mean to be like belittling her, like just a fantastic job of the story, but like, like also yeah. cool. <laughs> yes. Double yeah. whammy. What's up? <sighs> What's going on in Carterland? Man, uh, not much. Been Carterland's been in <laughs> Carterland's been mostly quiet. Uh, yeah, that's took good. a vacation, which was awesome. Oh yeah, and, uh, yeah. We went. I, w- I was telling Megan, we went to America for Independence Day, which was which is it makes a great country. I recommend if you if you live in California or somewhere that's not America, cross the border. I recommend <laughs> going across the border and visiting. Yeah, um, but yeah, bless, we actually there's a <laughs> get the hell out of there, man. How, was, how, was, how have you been? You seem you you've been busy. You've said busy. Like, like irons in a lot of different fires, but there's like good, like busy and actually like focused and putting things together. And uh, I've been focusing still on uh, like Paxlovid. And uh, I think I feel like that's probably what I talked about last time I was here. Hell, I don't even know. I've been focusing on uh, Pfizer's um, financial, uh, like the fiscal year quarter, uh, like calls and mm-hmm. uh, overlaying that with what they were saying about Paxlovid and I call it Comirnaty, but it's like the Comirnaty Pfizer BioNTech BioNTech. Right. Uh, but I'm, you know, Comirnaty. Uh, looking it at sounds like, the like uh, Sherlock Holmes's nemesis, kind of. It's almost. Like I Moriarty. don't get that reference. No. <laughs> so okay. Never mind then. Please explain it at length, and I still won't get it. <laughs> yeah, that's okay. It's like <laughs> I have someone. There's a fan who talks Dune all the time, and I'm I read his comments, and it's all metaphors that are Dune related, and I'm just. Just over my head now. That was a game, right? Dune, no, Dune, D-U-N-E, not D-O-O-M. Uh, oh, okay. <laughs> it was a science fiction books and then a movie, which I thought was horrible, and then they redid the movie recently. Oh, it was the one that they just did, and I, uh, I, I don't... I don't participate in pop culture anymore. I, I hardly did, even when I did, uh, but I, like, I just... The, the idea of like sitting down and watching like a new movie or like a show made in like probably the last eight years sounds like hell on earth. I can't think of the last actual new thing I've watched. Yeah, it's tough. Anything new is going to be pretty. Uh, I'm pretty sure the last movie I saw in theaters was Toy woke. Story 3, which was like a, this is a long time ago. <laughs> I don't like them. I don't like movies. So, oh, yeah, fair, enough. fair enough. I mean, the pop culture references go ahead, but they're gonna go. Whoosh, no, I don't have a lot of them, so that was it. I, and I don't really consider Sherlock Holmes pop culture, but Dune. <laughs> Dune is, <laughs> is it Sherlock Holmes is old? Well, I mean, are you talking about like uh, I read like what's that Sherlock Holmes? Hang on, I gotta I gotta look this up before I make a reference. That's like, hang on. <laughs> I, re- I read I lo- I read a lot of a. Uh, Yeah. Okay. Yeah, I did. I read The Hound of the Baskervilles. That, yeah, that's that was, Sherlock Holmes. That's that was the first one, Sherlock Holmes. Like that's like the pretty much the only participation in um, Sherlock Holmes. Oh, well, you had some participation. That's okay. And I read that's that. I'm pretty fine. sure in like high school. So. Yeah, it's a high and school kind of thing. my dear Watson. I don't know. Yeah, exactly. 
You know, know you know it. You, Moriarty is his nemesis. That's all you need to know. Which I always thought thought sounds like the Comerity or whatever. Oh, yeah. That's, okay. okay. Yeah, Moriarty's the evil dude. So well, now you get the reference. Sort of. Sort of. It's still not that fun. It's a, like a long. We just went took a long path to something that's really not that satisfying. So, yeah, but it was fun. Um, I, I mean, like, do I understand any of it any better? No, but like, I feel like I remember the name of Moriarty, or at least I've heard it before. All right, I'm gonna oh, throw a super chat. I'm gonna throw a Let's super go. chat. Let's go. G Man says you can make a ton of money over time off of tax slaves, but selling fetus parts is fast cash. Yes, and actually, yeah. if you want the women to be tax slaves. Uh, sometimes you want them to have fewer children saying go out in the workforce. Yeah. Uh, so go be a girl boss, hustle culture, you know? Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Feel, that will make feel, you happy. I feel for it. I went to college from like, uh, I graduated in 2013 and I, I, I started in like 2008. So like it was definitely in like the kind of like, it was in the kind of the, the, the shift, you know, the cultural shift, but I went to an SEC school. I went to Auburn and Alabama and it happened to me and like if it could happen there back in like you know the late aughts early teens whatever we're calling the tens uh like <laughs> it sure as hell is happening now oh it happens um, it happens everywhere and you know well we could talk about this for a minute if you want I mean one of the things that I find fascinating about feminism uh is and, and tragic about feminism huh I said that'll be a short list but Karen go on yeah, no. Well, tragic, fascinating, and like I'm watching an ambulance wreck or whatever. Oh, okay. Um, okay. They 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 decry the patriarchy, mm -hmm. but they adopt male hierarchical status symbols mm -hmm. for women and tell them that they're mm -hmm. not successful unless they meet the male definitions mm -hmm. of success. Like women in the mm -hmm. past might not have. Like if you're mm -hmm. let's just go back to a traditional marriage. You're married to uh, a guy the guy goes out and works and brings home money and right. you stay home with kids that's like the traditional kind of 1950s thing well it doesn't really matter who that's owns the money harder. right that's it doesn't really matter who, who who earns the money at that point it's shared mm -hmm. income and mm -hmm. you might have different standards for happiness and success in your life sure. that are not tied to mm -hmm. working for the man and earning a particular salary but your mm -hmm. your functions as a mom and manager of the estate, mm -hmm. but they've the, it was the feminists who simultaneously say that men are horrible, but we have to adopt male hierarchy standards in order to judge ourselves. And since you're sitting at home not meeting the standards that males have set for success, you're unsuccessful. Mm -hmm. So you need to jettison the kids and go earn a paycheck and you know work eighty hours a week at a law firm. Sounds like hell. It doesn't work. Yeah, no, I, 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 I've had that thought before too. It's like, oh, it's like, well, you're the first female, whatever, and it's like, okay, and so like, you did what a, a man did thirty years ago. Now, cool, crush it, girl. I mean, again, if people want to do that, that's fine. But it's the it's the adoption of the standards and the criticism of anyone who doesn't adopt the male hierarchy standards. Doing it for the sake of of uh, again, uh, you know. Uh, getting the diversity hire or putting a woman in a position or, you know, having a black person take a position just so that you can, you got that photograph or what, like that, that's not, you know, yeah. I'm, I'm, I'm crazy in that. I think that, uh, you know, people should just 
I believe in meritocracy, which apparently is white supremacy culture. It is. Um, I've meritocracy. The Smithsonian told me that. <laughs> Who did? The, the Smithsonian was actually one of the yes. very first uh, organizations that like put yeah. out like the like the like the you know pastel infographic. Uh, mm -hmm. That's the real epidemic we're in. We. Uh, I actually yeah, think it, I even. Hold on, I even I have, I have it. it. I have it bookmarked from fairly recently. Yeah, where it's like a, uh, uh, you know, being on time, and uh, you know, controlling mm -hmm. one's emotions and strong family units. Like, uh, yeah, because it was it a, like a, like I think it was in Washington. Like they canceled like some like Department of Health meeting because they're like, yeah, this is yeah, this came from the Smithsonian. <laughs> yeah, it's hard to read uh, the way it is, but uh, I can. I'll read. I'll read a few. Enhance so, it. You can't zoom in? I, I don't know if it'll let me zoom in because it's like sharing slides. I, maybe I should have. Oh, here. Maybe it will. Does this work? No. No. Oh, well. You're doing great. It zooms in <laughs> for me. It just doesn't zoom in for you. So the top mm, says rugged okay. individualism. This is a whiteness thing. Yes. Uh, so it's working out and taking care of your physique too. So. <laughs> yep. Self-reliance, independence and autonomy, highly valued. Uh mm. Family structures, that's that's whiteness. Yeah. Um the the feminist stuff we just talked about, husband is a breadwinner and wife is a homemaker. Um yeah. how dare you. This is my favorite, one of my favorites. Emphasis on the scientific method is is whiteness. <laughs> Objective, rational, linear thinking. <laughs> Cause and effect like relationships. This is, like this is yeah. so offensive, but like for a very different reason. <laughs> like <laughs> it's super offensive. For a very different reason. Like, yeah. listen, we know you can't <laughs> control your emotions and that you need help from everyone and that you're never on time and you don't want to take care of yourself and you, yeah, like, whatever. So, like, we're going to call all that racist, all right? We got you. <laughs> like, that's so fucking insulting. Yep. Hard As a woman the on the internet. <laughs> Sorry. Yeah, work before. I'm just looking at work ethic. Oh, yeah, here we go. Here's your some of your fun this ones. This is from the Smithsonian. That's what I get. Like, this, like, the, what? So Following beautiful. rigid time schedules is whiteness. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Planning for the future is whiteness. Oh, so hey, this, is, uh, this is one of the most insulting ones. Planning for the future and delayed gratification is considered whiteness. Yes. Now, and, oh, no, who's no. doing that? Someone figured out, probably Beverly figured out how to Beverly do it. Beverly is Thank a you, wizard. Um, oh, wizard, Harry. Planning for the future and delayed gratification. Now, I just want to point something out here. <laughs> delayed gratification is uh, highly correlated to IQ, right? Like IQ uh -huh. is partly uh -huh. the ability to uh -huh. suppress Based. your current desire and plan uh -huh. for the future and mm -hmm. take appropriate action. Mm -hmm. uh, that's kind of a backhanded, that's a, that's mm -hmm. a smack in the face, that one. A very uh -huh. clear smack in the face. Mm -hmm. Yeah, aesthetic justice. <laughs> Protest Protestant Private work ethic, property. like that's like a direct snipe. You know what I mean? Yep. Yep. Plan yeah, for all future. these are great. Steak yeah. and potatoes, bland is best. Like, bitch, what? Who even says that? Uh, I think that classic is hard to beat in a lot of ways, but. I, I think so. My understanding, and well, I'm not a food historian. Bland is best. Yeah, but I think bland, I, my, at least if you look, if you take a survey of food around the world, often 
bland is northern regions and spicy is 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 closer to the equator because meat couldn't be preserved and so you needed mm-hmm. spices to to make things taste like to to mask the flavor of you needed more more spice mm-hmm. to mask the flavor of rotting meat uh because it was it might start to rot uh and i think if you do a, a su- survey of food you find the spiciest food in the kind of w- traditionally warmest areas and the bland food up in like Iceland and that kind of stuff. Well, yeah, you have a built-in refrigerator. <laughs> yeah. Uh, and oh, and man, Alex Wall says some man's attractiveness is based on okay. economic status, power, and intellect. Uh, yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, it is actually. <laughs> you just you have too much whiteness. Find me a man who takes care of himself, uh, is intelligent, and can like is is like, you know, maintain a level of authority over his own like life and like go, like yeah. I guess I'm this a white supremacist. Holy shit. <laughs> Tomorrow will be better. So basically, uh, optimism is whiteness. <laughs> That's a problem. Uh, what's another like, one? I, I haven't looked at this in so the long. King's I'm glad we're looking at this. English again. rules, uh, written tradition, avoiding conflict. They say avoiding conflict or intimacy. And it's like, no, it's, it's like, you know, overt displays of intimacy in a like, like, con. Or not conjugal. That's like the wrong word. Like a communal setting. Like yep. This is like they fundamentally dis, like misunder. Well, I mean, it's intentional. Uh, like intentionally misunderstand. Like bland is best. No, it's like classic things. Uh, classic architecture. Classic names. You can never go wrong with naming your kid after like a king, king or queen of England. You know what I mean? Like you just can't. Uh, or, or like books of the Bible or people in the Bible. Like those things are gonna always be classic. Uh, <laughs> Yeah. Don't show emotion. Just, yeah. Maybe don't flip your lid over like every little damn thing. Like publicly. Like, yeah. That's again, that's another, that's another like, that's a, a sign of IQ. They have no right. idea how fucking offensive they're being. I mean, maybe they do. It, again, it's, they don't care. Yeah. It's, it's one like of the a, most offensive lists of, of like, I don't Jen think Saki's you could intentionally is a make racial, it is, is a racist, like, ethnographer. And, like, some of the work that, like, Jen Saki's sister does is, like, ooh, girl. <laughs> yeah. uh, and I'm sure. Uh, does it say who this was sponsored by at the bottom? Does it say what? Does it say, like, uh, I can't remember. I feel like I knew who paid for it. But it was, like, it was something really, like, you know. I went down this road. Uh, well, it's the NMAAHC, which is, a like, a particular... Um, Protect property and entitlements. Yeah. Let's see. Is it the... It, it's like a particular branch of the Smithsonian. National Museum of African American History and Culture is where mm-hmm. this came from. Yeah. I don't know. They, they no longer have it on their website, so... Oh, I'm the not sure who paid for it. But, I mean, right. honestly, we probably oh, paid for it. Curious. Oh, well, yeah, yeah, yeah. But they usually are, like, in conjunction with, like, other... Uh, like... I was just, if it had it at the bottom, I was just curious because I couldn't remember. Yeah. It's somewhere, no. it's somewhere out there on the internet. <laughs> uh, well, we got distracted. Yeah, how do we even get there? I don't know. I don't know, but it was a good conversation. Um, okay. See, so so when I show up two minutes after the stream starts, Carter, and you're like, mm-hmm. just get here when you can. I'm subverting white supremacy culture is what I'm doing. So oh, right. It's actually, it's actually good. a good thing. You're fighting. Um, yeah. Mm. Just Good doing my you. part to dismantle <laughs> racism. You're on island time to try to dismantle <laughs> the white patriarchy. 
I'll have to remember that. Yeah. See, you're you're the bigot here, white man. Yes. Well, I mean, I've never colonized otherwise. Yeah, I'm, I'm the colonizer. Like, I'm the one like, with the watch. I'm the problem. I know. Time I have like a are... I have a stopwatch, literally, or like a, or like a timer right here because I like set it for like intervals of time to like make sure. Like, oh, now it's gonna go off because I twisted the thingy. Like, I sit here and like set myself like 15 minutes on, like five minutes off if I'm like having if I'm like hitting like a really like a like a period of like a writer's block or like I'm like all right, I'm gonna set it for 15 minutes and get as much as I can, and then I'm gonna take like I'll. Like, I am fully upholding of white supremacy culture. It's the Pomodoro technique. It works for me. Very well. I I approve. I approve of this. So as a as a patriarch. As a clan um, master. Yeah, I don't know what. I, yeah. <laughs> or so whatever they call one it. of one of our grand wizard. One of our subscribers here. Um, I'm so sorry. I'm glad Megan's gone. Don't no, it's good. One of our subscribers is worried that I'm not going to ask a question, but I have it right here. He sent it to me privately. He's just reminding me. So until I don't want him to lose his, I don't want him to get too nervous that I'm going to forget. So I'll, I'll ask. He's him never going to forget. What is it? He says, "Please ask L mm -hmm. about a site or sites that is slash are the based versions of Media Matters and its ilk. Lists of lies, hypocrisies, etc. All sourced from news, YouTube, etc." And then he also okay. says my pronouns are he, him, etc. which I didn't know etc. was a pronoun, but you can just call him etc. So he, might, right, he but, he's looking for like the listicles, like, you know how they have like the 18 times Trump lied, like, where's yes. the based version? All right. Let me pull up my, uh, my bookmarks. I've got several. Oh, look, see, he, he thought you would have them. And I'm like, oh, she might. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, I got you. Of course she All right. Yeah. Uh, I got like honestly because like that uh, version of uh, of like media like storytelling to me is like the most effective uh, and it like I prefer mm -hmm. I prefer primary source material myself which is very difficult to find so finding a media outlet that centers specifically around primary source material uh, is difficult all right so I have two off the top of my head uh, that are I mean I'm sure you know uh yeah. I'm gonna like I'm gonna keep letting my uh okay uh, 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 uh all right all right so the first one is gonna be one that you're probably familiar with uh, and the second one probably not so much but uh you cannot go wrong with Oh, wait. No, I clicked the wrong button. I'm sorry. <laughs> with an right, bye, anime bye, everybody. No, avatar. You can't no, go wrong. Trying, no, I was trying to share my avatar. screen and I was like, uh, turn on. Okay, so <laughs> share screen. Hang on. Meemaw's figuring out the internet again. Uh, you're probably familiar with this one, but you probably only see clips uh, shared. Uh, I mean, I, I don't want to. I don't. I don't. Like, usually you see clips that are stolen from these organizations. Oh, I mean, it's the internet. It's, it's just. Uh, yeah, sure. information sharing but uh a lot of the uh ongoing like clips from uh, come from media research center they do the they do one of the better okay. jobs but i have a second one for you that you're gonna love so media research mrctv.com or dot org. what is it no it's mrctv.org sorry i guess that's super tiny mrctv.org uh you can actually go to mrc.org because they have a whole uh they have they have newsbusters 
which okay. th- does a lot of clips as well. So if you go to mrc.org and just like like scroll down to the bottom, it's got all of their different uh, organizations down here. Uh, like uh, Newsbusters is, is news clips specifically. MRC TV is going to be like your like uh, it, it's kind of expands on that. You've got MRC Culture, like, and I will say, I used to be like a lot more in their corner. Hang on, now I gotta pull up my uh, I gotta pull up my spreadsheet. I used to be a lot more in their corner, but the CEO of Media Research Center is kind of a piece of shit, and I'm not as fa- I'm not a fan of him. Uh, so keep that in mind. But like, it, they have a lot of very talented people working for them, and it's a like the actual site itself is a good place to start rather than uh, and like newsbusters and all that is a good place to start because usually people will find like one clip from here. And that's like the one that everyone's going to be talking about all day. But like they, they, they are constantly putting stuff here. But the second one is one that you might not have heard of. It's Grabian. Huge fan. Oh, so I've it's heard co- of Grabian. Yeah. Gra- Grabian's fantastic. And here is why. So you can get clips if you go to Grabian, G-R-A-B-I-E-N.com. And honestly, uh, which I'm not signed in right now, which I'm not going to be able to do I think but like uh you can uh pay like a little bit of and it's not much like I think less than like five dollars a month to get like full access to like all these clips and and stuff like that and there is like ways you can work around it but it's a pain in the ass and I think that Grabian does an amazing job so like I think it's worth those you know chipping a little bit of money but they keep lists so if you go to lists uh, rules for thee, but not for me. 87 examples of politicians defying their own COVID restrictions. 21 mass murders the FBI was warned about, but still failed to stop. Recently updated trending lists. So like they've got tons and tons of like actual lists, like you said, listicles, but it's like, you know, yep. it's a good like stump, stump list and you can search. Uh, and then they've got their, uh, this is like for news. What is it? Uh, oh, not this one. Oh, this is cool. I'm looking in the list section now. It's great. It's fantastic. 354 times good guys with guns stop bad things from happening. I was going to talk mm-hmm. about that a little bit today. Mm-hmm. What a great list. Yes. Uh, clips. Okay, so so clips and lists are going to be like the two places you go to uh, for the most part. So their feed, these are just different clips that are uh, fr- like it just in order as they're coming through. Uh, going into here, you can look through their sections down here. I think Grabian is fantastic. And the person... Pardon one second. Uh, I want to give him credit because, like, I feel like he's just like such an unsung hero of of this sort of level of documentation. Hang on one second. Uh, I can't, like I still can't even like believe how like so it's uh, at Grabian Media on uh, Twitter, G R A B I E N Media on Twitter. Um, but the person who is like behind all of this is where the hell is he? It's Tom Elliott. It Tom? Yeah, yes. Tom Elliott. Tom Elliott. He's T-O-M-S-E-L-L-I-O-T-T. He is uh, the founder of Gravian. He does a lot of good work. He also has a sense of humor, which I like about him. Honestly, I feel like MRC, like the Media Research Center, again, is a great like primary source uh, and write up. Like they like for as far as like MRC goes for like newsbusters, just to show uh, like they uh they 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 link to primary source material. I appreciate that very much. Sure. Uh, yep, yep. But the people who run Newsbusters don't quite have like there's this there's this break between 
and I say this with love for anyone who's still kind of fully on like the like you know like Trump brand of of like conservatism. Uh, like there's a there's a been a bit of a deviation uh, from that era of conservatism and embracing irony and embracing like all the like uh, right wingers that like uh, were defending AOC against Alex Stein the other day, like Laura Ingram and uh, what was like a uh, like. <sighs> O'Reilly and all that like like y'all need to get the hell out of your like all of our way because you're not helping anymore and you're so it's just like, like old school yeah like well so I have my in my so I was looking I was getting all excited seeing uh Megan's um because I got my you know spreadsheets upon spreadsheets but here let me find this really quick affiliation sort of ascending believe hang on because I have a collection of all the people, all the conservatisms on uh, on uh, on January 6th who were s- just like throwing everyone under the bus and just like yep. folding like a wet paper bag. All right. This is Curtis uh, Hook. Hook. Click. This is the archived version of this tweet. So hang on. It's going to take a second. Curtis Huck, who is the, uh, he's a managing editor, editor of Newsbusters. What is his, is, he's, he's high up at this, at this enterprise. He's at Newsbusters, which is under, he's the managing editor oh, at Newsbusters, right? Okay. Uh, he, he does good work, but anytime it comes down to like, you know, holding the line or like backing up people and not just immediately folding like a little bitch, he's not going to be the one to do it. And on January 6th, he says, this is a terrorist attack, plain and simple. This is the darkest day in American history since 9-11. And the mastermind behind this terrorist attack was the president of the United States. So he's, he's, so they're, I got receipts. They're Lincoln Project conservatives or like, but they do good work. You have to separate the art from the artist in this case, because the actual like Again, the material, the way that they put it out is very no frills. It's it's really kind of without a lot of like personal input, which is something that I really like. I mean, granted, I know I have a show and we're on, like where we're putting our own personal input, but I really don't like reading articles that have like a personal bias in them. Like I want primary source sure. material and that's it. And they do a really mm-hmm. good job with that. But the people behind it, again, uh, I don't know. I mean, I, I don't trust this guy like at all and he's the managing editor but i do like the work they do yeah well uh, so it again, was that, that and that's if that's his I, immediate response to really january like, 6th yes oh i got more yeah but i mean but he posted that on the 6th right so if that's yeah. his knee-jerk response that's a At problem 12 10 p.m yeah on january 6th. i mean he yeah. was ready he was ready and he was like this is the worst day since 9 11 honestly it's been a while since <sighs> I've raised hell about all these people. Hang on, I got, I got more. Hang on, this is. I don't think he, allies like this are helpful. I mean, his work product no. might be good, but yeah. No, no, he. Well, that's what I'm saying. He's not. He's not like the CEO. He's not the. It's like a lot of this because there was so much going on on January 6th. There, like, obvious, duh. Uh, like, there's so much going on. There was just like it was the tw- like Twitter and social media feeds were going absolutely insane. So like a lot of these takes that were still there couple months later when I finally went back through and I was like <laughs> uh, I went back through and, and archived a lot of these like after the fact um, because a lot of this just went unnoticed and and nobody really did kind of know what was going on for a while and 
you know, conservative media by and large was like, like I was on, <laughs> my mom texted me because she was like, take that down. But I was on Gab, like, I was like, fuck yeah. <laughs> like, you're, like, you're gonna get arrested. I was like, no, I'm not. And I didn't take it down. Uh, like, um, and then Ashley Babbitt was murdered and then that changed the whole, you know, trajectory of uh, what was going on. But like, well, you know, again, originally taking in like, you know, people kicking their feet up on like Pelosi's desk and like the guy with the horn like they like because again the only violence that truly occurred there was uh you know from the like federal like law enforcement against uh the people I'm not saying that people might not have shoved really like, broken some shit or whatever but like I'm sorry we paid for all of that so yeah, I mean, I think some capital police these people or, have been held, these people have been people held were, political were prisoner and and uh, for a year bit, and a but... half over misdemeanor yeah. trespassing charges and creating a nuisance. Like, like the f- right. <clears throat> so again, this man just like at twelve ten p.m. on January sixth, saying this is a terrorist attack. Like, go fuck yourself. But he's a managing editor; he can be replaced. Newsbusters, the MRC, like they do a really good job. I just really, really don't like this guy. So yeah, just fair enough. I can see why. Grabian, though, again, Thomas, Tom's Elliot, like, uh, granted, I don't know his whole history. I'm a, you know, trust him. I, I kind of trust people who who I get, you know, decent vibe. Like, they do a really good job. This guy's like busting his ass in like as like an unsung hero. And I like, again, his uh, they they give you the full uh, like transcript. They give you the source of where it comes from. The full uh, thing here. Uh, if you pay for like a, um, if you like, I can't. This it's not very much. You like you can clip them yourself and like add have like your own like clip database of like like it, it's very very cool. And it's something you That's can nice. kind of create your own self. Uh, and again, like the lists here, uh, also great. Yeah. Okay. So those are two. That's a I'm great sure, answer. Yeah. Let me say, uh, like. When it comes down to like, if I just want to get like an at a glance, I'll do like a, a cruise through Newsbusters, Grabian. And then like, honestly, I mean, I know that like it kind of is a cop out sometimes to pay attention to what's happening on uh, like Twitter. But like, you'd be lying if you said that like what's happening. So like twitchy.com, which is something uh, Michelle Malkin was the one who founded it. Whom I love. Oh, she founded Twitchy? I didn't know that. She, she did. She did a hell of a job. So Twitchy oh. is just an overview of what's being talked about for the day. Uh, and it's like, it's usually kind of like snappy, like up to the minute. Like it's more kind of gossipy and like dunk style stuff. But like I'll yep. usually cruise through like Grabian, Newsbusters, Twitchy. And like between all that, like you kind of got like a good feel for like what's like the, what's the, the overall vibe. And by doing like, honestly, Twitchy helps... Because I do have a sock puppet Twitter account, and don't get me wrong, I do like you know go look and and find and archive things. But like, I don't want to. I, I try not to get addicted to like the actual like Twitter feed itself because it is very addicting to sit there and just like refresh it constantly. Uh, which I feel like is it, it, this kind of like alleviates you of that. You get an at a glance. Oh, who, who did what? And then that's pretty much it because everyone else is just making commentary about the same crap. And like right. really, so like for example, uh, like. I'm just clicking this one, not because of the story, but um, like they'll put a lot of the like responses. you found her to be an attractive woman. Is that why you clicked on it? Yes, exactly. I love a woman with a five o'clock shadow. Uh, But they'll also put like a couple of like the responses underneath embedded. So it kind of like 
scratches the itch of like, ooh, I want to read like the Twitter. Like they like they do a really good job. And it's it's yep. a pretty no frills still too. And it's just more kind of on the minute. So Gravian, Newsbusters are really just MRC and you can go to, you know, whichever under the umbrella you want. But just, you know, Curtis Huck's a piece of shit, but that's, you know, it is what it is. But I'll, I'll think of well, a couple other ones though. No, that's helpful. Um, I think that's more than Mo, who asked the question, was expecting. So that's something that I've been working on, like building for myself, uh, like because that's what I want uh, is, is something that can to reference and 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 such. It's difficult because every time I do research on, oh, did you just freeze? Sorry, no, hang on. Oh, I'm just saying it's difficult because whenever I do research on stuff. Like I don't have a great organizational system. It's usually by episode. So if I do an episode on something, like all the notes are there. And I've just got on my hard drive all these folders from different episodes. And I have to go back and find like when was the one I talked about? Whatever. And I actually did research and I've got spreadsheets or whatever about the research, but then I, I should probably organize myself a little bit better. Well, sorry, hang on. My mom just sent me. You're okay. Give me give me five seconds because I I really didn't retain that and I wanna it it wasn't that exciting. You don't have to retain it. Um, let's see here. I'm going to let's pull this off the stream because we did that. And let me make sure we've got that. All right. Okay. I'm going to, I kind of want to talk about the Indiana mall shooting a little bit, but if you want to talk about, what's the, you want to talk about Paxlovid. Sorry, one second. Let's do that. That's fine. We're going to wait. We'll tap dance here. I'll read some. Uh... All right. So, I'm oh, sorry. What? So you just said something that was interesting. Uh, but I'm sorry, my mom's like. Um, By the way, someone in, in chat mentioned your own. My Brooke. mail got sent He's to her house. He's horrible on this stuff. So, Who? Your own Brooke. He's horrible on this stuff. Who's that? He's like in a. He he's the chairman of the Ayn Rand Institute, and like a lot of people who are objectivist leaning look to the Ayn Rand Institute for guidance on and how to think about stuff, and he's absolutely atrocious on the Trump stuff, on the freedom uh convoy like on so many issues he's so bad and it's a shame because he only really collects corrects himself when leonard peacock who is kind of the the heir intellectual heir of of rand who who's super old he'll once in a while get on a podcast and say something and it'll contradict what your own says and then your own's like well right, he changes his tune but he's really bad on stuff uh if you want to listen to if you want to hear the objectivist take on stuff follow um Stephen Hicks. Follow Professor Stephen Hicks. He's much better. Uh, all right. Sorry. <laughs> I was just answering a chat. So no, no, no. It's it's fine. My mom, like, stop, stop tag. I literally was like, mom, I'm like in a podcast. She's like, all right, sorry. Like, like I love my mom. Like, stop. <laughs> She's like the only person. That's what moms are for. Me. No, I know. I love her. She's looking out for me. Uh, so it's fine. She, like my so mail wanna... like got sent to her house. I'm like okay. <laughs> Um, see, but you said something before I got distracted. I don't know. I was just saying that, like, I've done, I mean, we're here. I can look at our episode. I don't know. We're at like 800 and something episodes 
of That's now crazy. I haven't been involved in all of them, but I've been mm-hmm. involved in a lot of them. And mm-hmm. some of them I've done uh-huh. like I'll do deep research sometimes on stuff where like, for example, mm-hmm. people talk, you know, gun violence. I've like done a bunch of research or crime mm-hmm. stats or whatever, like and, and I'll build spreadsheets and I'll do or COVID stuff, but I'll mm-hmm. store it in the folder with the episode and then it's kind of gone forever. I like I don't mm-hmm. I don't have a very good organizational system where I can go. I just have like the Smithsonian thing. I've probably pulled that graphic up and looked at it. It's three probably or four in times a computer in like years. yeah. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Um, but I just so happened to know where it was because I just so happened to be doing something else this morning and saw mm-hmm. that it was in a folder and I was like, oh that's the episode where it is. So like I knew mm-hmm. where it was, but normally I can't find anything, which is pretty incompetent. Well, at this point, what I would do from this point forward, uh, and you could, I mean, going back and doing this now would be insane, but I mean, over, maybe you could say like knock out like 10 a day or something. I don't know. Uh, You know, uh, when you're putting all this stuff in the floor, I would create like a, like a overall spreadsheet where you put it like episode, like day and maybe who was on it and then just like topics covered so that you can like do like a control F and like, okay, these are all the like folders that have this in there. But I mean, that's, that was, a, that was a big problem that I, yep. that I went through uh, when I like wanted to, I mean, it's, 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 it's a ongoing struggle that I have like for myself, because when I first like got started, like I'd never planned on this being something that I would like try to continue developing and, and, and honing. So I really uh, had about a year and a half's worth of, like just like bookmark upon bookmark my desktop had like so many like just random files like like an image from the internet like clicked and dragged down like just and it was all everywhere uh and so i'd like create the system itself to put things into uh and then put it there bit by bit uh and then also hold myself to the standard that i wouldn't uh like you know from that point forward, as I was retroactively going back through and sorting through, or I've probably about a year's worth of like data, which is like probably it was like lot. close to a terabyte, you know, like it was a yeah. lot, a lot. Yeah. Um, clips and like, cause, cause there's like some, mm-hmm. some, sometimes you have media clips that are big and like all that stuff adds up. And you're like, well, do I put the all out under CNN or do I put it under like the topic at hand? Like, like you have to come up with like, how you're going to start sorting it all and then start putting it into there. Because if you're kind of making it up as you go along, like you're like, oh, well, maybe I should have put like, you know, all the like news anchors under one. Like, like I went, you know, because you, you right. like if you're if you're if you're into any sort of like research on your like on any, like you need to like archive things both digitally, like online or whatever, but also locally. Uh, like it's just and then back that up. I think what I'm going to start that, using is Airtable. <laughs> Um, I don't know. What that I, th- is. I think I'm going to start using Airtable uh, because I'm starting to use it for other stuff, and it's kind of like a spreadsheet, but it's also like a database, and it's super powerful, and you can oh, actually is it write like code. Cool kind of thing. Um, it's it's. I mean, it's online. It's and you got to pay for it, but I'm already paying the minimum whatever it is for Airtable. Um, and I we use Notion as well, but Notion's not good for like uploading docs. So, mm. um, but Airtable is pretty good. So. And you can be sloppy. You can be like, I'm going to organize it this way and then change your mind and be like, yeah, I'm going to organize. Like, I, I want to change how I'm doing it pretty easily. Well, I'll tell you this. And this is probably the most like meemaw way of doing something. But whenever I'm doing like a dig into a topic, 
what I have found that works for me best because you might start like researching into something and then like you've got like like 50 tabs open and like like you've been just like pulling random like file downloads like your downloads folder and like like wait how did I get here I feel like I gleaned some information along the way that was like aha and now I don't even know like where it is in this like shit show uh as I'm researching if it's something that I like I feel like is going to like be significant again I know this is gonna sound grandmosh and and uh probably isn't gonna work for everyone but I use powerpoint uh which I've got pulled up. I get like PowerPoint's like, good for like forcing yourself to tell a story and keep inform- like it's well, it's a know. it's a it's a good way to plot something out because you can screenshot uh, an image of, of whatever you're looking at online and put and put it up there, uh, and then under like for like it's speaker notes, like you can you can write your thoughts or like your outline for like potentially like an article or kind of like what you're thinking there. Put more uh, hyperlinks and like it's actually a really it's a really good outliner. Uh, that you can, again, you can click and drag those around. You're like, oh, well, this should actually go down here. That kind of fits more like into this like flow of it. So I use, I use uh, PowerPoint for that. That's, I that mean, that's the, kind of nerdy, but I like PowerPoint. To, yeah. Like at the dig into Pfizer, right, it's uh, like, like 70 some odd like slides that. Uh, but then you have a, then you have something potentially you could present. Well, that I, I like a lot of the uh, like. I don't do it quite to that degree, but like when I do, like my show, I usually have about like forty slides. Uh, okay. Set for the show, uh, I used to do like way way more than that, but I would never get through like a third of them. So, being a little bit more realistic, realistic, I'll usually stick to like one like big topic for the night, and maybe like one happy, one kind of like current. Yeah, like I like it's not like a. a Try, I'm not trying to be like formulaic about it, but I'm like, like realistically, I cannot talk about 20 uh, like current events going on right now. And really, like, I don't think anyone there really wants me to. You know what I mean? Like, I'd like, I could read yeah. headlines, but that's not really, I did for a while. Don't get me wrong. Cause I was, had a, I find bit it, of a, I find I had a bit it, of like an identity crisis. Like, what am I doing here? And I was like, I don't want to be a yeah. headline reader. No, I've, what, got, I've people already do that. <laughs> I, I relate to you. We've had so many internal discussions about like, mm-hmm. You should do a daily news show and read headlines and comment. I'm like, I would, I think I would be. That's what the internet. That's what the internet needs is another commentary show. Right. Um. I just don't (laughs) like. It's not. Right. (sighs) My show. I don't. I also don't think it's healthy. I don't think the audience should be focused on Mm -hmm. outrage of news every single Mm -hmm. day. I don't think it's good for Mm -hmm. you. Like, Mm -hmm. if you're interested in a particular Mm -hmm. topic, do a deep dive, have some, like, deeper discussions. But Mm -hmm. getting outraged every single morning about, you know, the latest thing, I just, I don't see how that's going to help people build (laughs) back Western civilization in any way. Right. Like, the other day, there was a... uh, like I added some context to there was like a like a dunk on Twitter because everything's about like you know again like the gotcha or like the dunk moment like oh it's like right. you're an idiot because you did this or whatever so like there was this uh, tweet that went like kind of viral and it was a CNN like like a pretty high placed CNN correspondent uh uh Gianni Gianna something uh who's married to a uh formerly high uh, level uh like Democratic oper- operative who's now a uh, like managing partner at a you know financial group because of course he is and she everyone was dunking her on her dunking on her on Twitter the other day 
because uh, she like made up one of those. My six year old looked up at me and asked if. Oh God! Uh, one of you. About, it was, no, it was talking about Brittany Griner. <laughs> Uh, like my six year old, yeah, my asked me, like literally, uh, asked me if like uh he was gonna go get her talking about Britney Griner, which again, why does your six year old care about getting Britney Griner out of? Why does your six year old know. know who that is? Right, like you're so you're either projecting this on your child, uh, because you think having a pre- a precocious child. Did my computer just? Fr- you froze for a minute, but I could hear you. I your face froze, but now I can't hear you anymore. Say something. Nope. Elle froze. Perhaps uh, she too is arrested. Hang on just a Russian second. Sorry, I'm back. Hang on. What the heck? Ah. Like my whole like shit just like uh, freaked out on me. Hang on. Now I got to like every time I come back from like uh, my internet just like had like a hiccup. Sorry. Uh, happens. Surprise. Yeah, I just uh, don't know why like. Why is a six-year-old aware of like, no, a, yeah, right, a, a basketball player in Russia on drug charges and like what? What's that? Why is that a thing? So, so yeah, so that means like it means one of two things are true. Either you are constantly barraging your child that sh- should be a child uh, right. first, and and uh, you know a, a citizen of the world uh, like last. Uh, you're constantly barraging them with like all of your things and, and projecting uh, all of your concerns onto them as if they were an adult, which is, uh, you know, uh, wrong. Or you are uh, just making up shit for what? But then I was like, no. I was like, well, who is this lady? Cause she works at CNN. Who's she married to? He's a high, high level Democrat. What has he been up to lately? He's been uh, petitioning uh, and leveraging his financial group, uh, to create a system of uh, health credit scores for Americans. And I'm like, so everyone is so busy dunking on this bitch. And like, all of this is like right behind it. You know what I mean? Like, that's wait, what's like, this? I, is, is it, do you know anything about this? Cause I'm fascinated by this health credit yeah, scores. Hang, hang on. I got the link because I was talking about it earlier on. Uh, yeah, send Gabbard. me the link. I am because I am so into how much we've been lied to about nutrition and health for the past, my entire life. Uh, uh-huh. Yeah. Yeah. That, yeah. It's it's uh, chilling to imagine what health credit scores would look like. So two uh, schools of or not schools of thought. What the hell is happening? All right. My Internet might have another hiccup. It's like, what's happening? Why not? OK, I need to close some tabs. Maybe I think we need I've been. No, I live in the sticks and my Internet like it's fine until it's not. Uh, all right. So here's um, G right, man says, I got to put this up. He says, when anybody knows a WNBA star player by name, something gets wrong. <laughs> that is that is 100 percent. My man. Good job. Uh, well I know put. Sue Bird. I don't even know if she still plays anymore. Who's that? I know she was a WNBA player. I don't know if she still plays. I know the name Sue Bird. Never. And the only reason I know of the name Sue Bird is because there was like this video that went viral back in like 2020 ish of like some girl like you know it's like one of those videos where she's like you know we need to be paying like uh you know (laughs) paying the like wnba more and then this kid like like cuts in over it and he's like can sue bird dunk like lebron no and like so like that's how every day is for like a video making fun of but i don't know if she related to larry bird or am i is that am i just too old now sue bird uh i'm gonna look look at her are they related She's the uh, niece of Larry Bird. I mean, like, 
I think she's one of the better players. But again, the only reason I knew her name was because of like that video uh, making fun of her. Oh, no, so. she lied about it. She, I'm sorry. I just She claims to be the niece of Larry Bird, but it turns out later she lied. Oh, that's really funny. <sighs> Played for te- three teams in Russia, holds both U.S. and Israeli citizenship. Weird. Uh. Well, you saw, I think, soccer. U.S. soccer just agreed to pay women the same. I mean... First of all, no one watches U.S. No men's shit. soccer. So, I mean, yeah. I mean, like once every was it like every four years when like the World Cup rolls around, everyone pretends like they give a shit about soccer for a bit. I watched. The, I basically that's me. Like I watch the World Cup, but I don't. I don't root for America because we're never in it. I mean, wow. we're not consistently in it. <laughs> no. Uh, but, yeah. I root for. Uh, I don't care about soccer. I th- I find it just that's okay. Uh, like I played it growing up, so I have to care. I don't. There's have some to, people in like the, the in like my little online community that like get all excited about soccer and like I love them. I just I don't like a game where you can play it for like an hour and a half plus and no one wins. It's nil nil, right? Yeah, like, that's bullshit. Like someone has to that's win. That's the way. That's the way it is. <laughs> yeah. It reminds me of, yeah. like, so I went to Auburn, right? Like, um, and there was a, uh, see, are you, you probably, you're probably not into college football, are you? No. No, that's fine. Uh, I am, though. And everyone's like, you shouldn't you're watch college you're football. It's all woke or whatever. And I'm like, I don't care. I like college football. Suck it. Uh, yeah. But when I went to, I went to Auburn from 2008 to like 2013, and I was there while Cam Newton was there. I was there. We won the national championship once and then win another time. Like, like college football, it's fun. It's fun. Sue me. I drank a lot of Natty Light and went to a lot of Auburn games back in the day. But there is a, a like almost infamous game uh, between Auburn and uh, I think it was was it Mississippi State three two Auburn, and I was there. Uh, and the final score, yeah, uh, we ended up winning. Uh, but the final score after like. Four hours of, or like three hours of like football, because it was like a primetime game too. Like it was like the CBS game, which I know you don't know what that means. It was like the one that comes out like seven o'clock. Gary, Gary Daniels is there, and Vern, and uh, big deal. Like, yeah. And the final score of the game was three to two, which is like almost damn near That's impossible to do in, in college football. Uh, yeah. Like, and everyone, like, we were so drunk by the end of it because we had, you know, I had like, you know, minis shoved down my like cowgirl boots because, you know, your girl was very different in college. Uh, and so, like, we were just like wasted, like, just someone win, please, but it's our misery. It was awful. It was in 2008. It was like right when I first went to school there. So, set a great precedent for how I was going to go. But yeah, I, I can't, yeah. I don't like a game. At least they make you like win, like, you, you'll have to like, you know, uh, someone has to win in college football. In soccer, the fact that it can end in a tie is like a travesty. Like, no, it should end in a it joust can. or something. Like, yeah, it, someone has yeah. to win. Hockey's <laughs> the same way. It can end in a tie, but at least hockey get you get more scoring. There was something where it ends in like a coin toss recently, and it was like some like. Oh, I haven't seen rule. that. Maybe I haven't. Yeah, been I, paying I think attention. maybe it wasn't soccer, but it was something like it was like some like sport where it, like the like the deciding factor at the end, I think was like a coin toss. Everyone was like, this is. That's the worst bullshit. ever. If anyone yeah. can think of what that was, I think it's within the last like one to like five years, but it was like a really? big, a big like a uh, sport event where it ended in a coin toss rather than like anything else. Uh, like, 
that happened though. It was a thing. I didn't happen. see, I don't like nothing is quickly showing up. So maybe someone can find, um, I don't know. It was really funny though. Cause ever like, I didn't, I didn't care again. And I, I don't care about college football as much as I used to by any means, but like, I think it is fun to watch. I, <laughs> G I know says this was the democratic national convention. It was Bernie versus Hillary. Yeah. But, but Hillary supplied the coin and it was heads on both sides. That's what it was. That it was it politics. Really? I don't was know. No, no, no. He's, he's, <laughs> It was like a coin toss, though, in politics, though. It was like if you, if, you know, heads Hillary wins, tails Bernie loses. That was the coin toss that they had. Was it? Hang on. (laughs) Okay, so wait a minute. Elle, I want to ask you about, I want to ask you, ask you about uh, Paxlovid because. Oh, it was the, it was the Super Bowl of. uh... What? Wait, wait, wait. No, no, no. That can't be. Overtime coin toss defeat at the hand. Yeah, it was like it's like the NFL. What they like fl- flip a coin or some shit? All right, that's worse than soccer. Yes, unfortunately for the Buffalo Bills, his one mistake of that night calling tails instead of heads on the overtime coin co- over. Yeah. Oh well, I don't. It was something like that. Whatever. I don't. I don't sport aside from like. You sure it wasn't just a coin night. toss to see who like? Gets- I mean, that was it. I'm one side of the field or something? No. Way right. later. It's not important. I just, my brain does that thing where I'm like, it's going to bother me until I figure it out. Yeah, no, I understand. Sorry. Let's talk about other things. I just, I just don't know. I want I want you to tell me about Paxlovid because you've been uh, staying up late and drinking lots of Monster Energy drink. So. Oh, yeah. No. Tell us um, about the sacred nectar from Pfizer. Well, so it's something that I've... Uh, been keeping my eye on I, d- I first started talking about it like like early mid-may on on my own uh show just like uh because a lot of people had a lot of very conflicting reports just kind of looking at the like the medical talking heads uh, that i that i do keep up with i have a bunch of different lists on my little sock puppet twitter account i was like they're all like getting very heated about paxlovid or paxlovid uh now this is the thing that's the treatment for COVID, right? Yes, it was. It's Pfizer's. Uh, it's Pfizer's antiviral. Uh, actually, let me pull up my let me pull up my spreadsheet because there's some very specific things that happen with Paxlovid uh, that they they focused on. Uh, a lot of people called it like Pfizer. Well, I'm I don't want to necessarily show it, but I'm I was just wanting for like for referencing it for myself. I'll, I'll let I'll let you know. Uh, Pfizer, I went. I was going through their, like their earnings calls, but this is like it's a big mess right now. Still, it's of, a three. Like, someone's asking it's a pill, right? Yeah, it's three pills. Yes. I think you take them in so succession. It's uh, it's two different uh, medications kind of mashed into one. It's uh, ritonavir and then nimolpiravir, and the ritonavir is like an HIV medication, and then the other one is a. Uh, uh, protease inhibitor, which has a lot of the same active ingredients as ivermectin. And so everyone was calling it Pfizermectin uh, when it first came out because they're like, it's a protease inhibitor. Like, this is the same damn thing. Hmm. And they, the, the, the long and short of that is like, yes and no. Uh, what Pfizer focused on with uh, bringing Paxlovid to the, uh, to the market uh, was what they call, let me find the exact uh, phrase in here, because they, they they use a very specific, Pfizer, in, in all of their 
you know, the, what, the, what they say public facing, you know, when you see Albert Burla getting on CNN and going, we're just wanting to bring the pandemic to an end. And then it's like frog throat. Uh, have you ever seen that video? No, have you ever seen it? I, I, I have seen that video. It's, it's real. Good. It's real. Like, yeah, we so, was through, the, the, uh, the, we, so was the Spanish CEO that got arrested for having a fake vax card. Uh, the, the, the other pharmaceutical company guy. Did you see that? Huh? Pharma, I'm sorry, I'm seeing someone complaining about my Telegram. You're not complaining. Sorry, Keith or Kent. Uh, I deleted the, my comment on my Telegram for that reason, so I don't know what spam you're talking about. I don't have it linked to my Telegram oh. channel anymore to oh. answer your question, Kent. It, the right, Kent. Spam, spam bots on Telegram are so bad now. Like I can't. I cannot sit there and delete by hand spam accounts, which is what I have to do on there. Like I don't have the time for that, so I just deleted the comments on there, which sucks. So if there's if like the linked... I guess chat is still there. It's not being monitored by me at all. Sorry. No. <laughs> so what, well, what yeah, were you saying? There was, uh, there, I was just, there was, a, there was another pharmaceutical CEO and I think it was Spain. Um, he was this, he got in trouble for, he was caught with a fake vaccine card. Yes. He didn't actually get vaccinated. His whole family. Yeah. Uh, so anyway, all right, let's go back to five. No, 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 but no, Albert Burla went on. I can't remember what shows he went on CNN, I think. Uh, and during while he's talking, his like, f- his like throat is like billowing like a frog does. And it's the weirdest thing I've ever seen. And so on my show, I was like, like, this has to be doctored because, you know, it's some random clip from the end. I'm like, so I was like, you know, I showed her there, there's a way to find like a primary like source clip. I'm like, I want to go and find it and figure out if this is actually real or not and it is and i still have no explanation for it man's like a lizard man uh but but pfizer uh you know they, they, on the public facing calls like when they're when they're on cnn or msnbc or when they're you know having their press conferences with uh you know biden you know it's we're here to save the world we're we're very comp- like i'm doing a terrible impression but you know what i mean like it, like it's very much like oh we're all in this together but if you go into like uh, what i was doing last night for like five hours uh was going through the earnings calls for every fiscal quarter starting from january of 2020 uh and then going up through uh present uh like fiscal uh like earnings calls, because that's when they're addressing their shareholders. That's when they're addressing right. their bottom line. That's when they're talking about, uh, they're, they're, like, there's like, there's so many like subplots going on through all of this. Like, they like sponsored the research that created a new disease that they're super excited about that they're like ramping up awareness of so they can diagnose more people so they can prescribe this stuff. And I'm not <laughs> saying that like there might not be like an issue here, but like, like they talk about it like it's like it's the business that it is to them. Uh, yeah. And uh, like, so that's what I started going through and what they prioritize. I'm going to find this actual uh, phrase here. One moment. Uh, they, oh, there's like when Trump issued a series of executive orders in like mid July uh, or end of July, like 2020, it was a, uh, Access to affordable life-saving medications, increasing drug importation to lower prices for American patients, lowering prices for patients by eliminating kickbacks to middlemen. Like they had a like conniption fit. They're like, they're going to be sure. importing drugs from the third world. And it's like you manufacture like those drugs are the same drugs. Like it's cheaper to do that. But they're like talking about like I'm like like those are made by you. It's just under like, a, like they have a like Upjohn, like their subsidiary right. and like other countries. Like it's made by like Upjohn. It's just <laughs> it's like, damn dude. They got they were apoplectic about it, but they prioritized uh, 
what is it called? Oh yeah, disease awareness helped drive estimated diagnosis rate, and they're like thrilled about it. It's so insane. So that's that's oh, an first first phrase. in class. It's considered first in class, and first in class. Uh, it, it they say. Uh, don't forget market development and creating new markets is a real sweet spot for Pfizer right below this in their thing. So we are very <laughs> excited about the launch and look forward to bringing this important medicine to the market. Uh, and so they regarding our antiviral candidate, which they were talking about this, this was uh, in, uh, da, 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 when was this? Uh, July of 2020, so mid 2020. So regarding our antiviral candidate, we believe this potential first in class uh protease inhibitor may give us the opportunity to demonstrate meaningful antiviral activity to help treat COVID-19 patients. We initiated the phase study uh, with hopes of submitting for approval in the second half of 2021. And so they have this planned out where it will land after the vax. Like they plan, they planned this out from the get-go. They didn't want it to get anywhere in the way of the actual like pushing uh, the, you know, the comernati on everyone. Mm-hmm. Uh and also in these, like some of these things that they say in here are absolutely unhinged. Uh, in a, in one of the more recent calls from 2022, hang on, I got to pull this up. Like, I, it, it, it's absolutely insane. Not that one. There it is. All right. And in one of the recent calls, this is from May 3rd, 2022, uh, talking about uh, the vaccine. Uh, talking about we have access to Paxlovid patients being treated. We're going to go back to that in a second. Uh, <laughs> um, because there's an issue with Paxlovid rebound, and it's bad. Uh, and it's largely in people that are vaccinated, double vaccinated, triple vaccinated, you know, boosted When you twice, say Paxlovid rebound, what does that mean? So what that means is um, Paxlovid is, according to their own instructions, despite many of them being on the record saying that this is the wrong approach, including Fauci and many others is to, as soon as it's someone who is in a, is it has a higher propensity to end up hospitalized or dead. Uh, as soon as they uh, know that they're positive or even in fact, where are you going kitty? Even in fact, if they think that they're positive, uh, they can, you can go get, uh, they, they like skirted around the FDA and all this sort of like you can get, it without like a prescription from like a MD. You can like, just you say, can just go, I need you can go, it. You can go to the pharmacy it. and get it in certain uh, cases, uh, which is like the red tape that we have permanently destroyed for some of these things is so bad. Uh, so Paxlovid Rebound is uh, where, again, someone who's immunocompromised or who is just testing regularly, uh, as soon as they know or as soon as they think they know, they're like, start taking it immediately because what it's supposed to do is like bring viral like replication and shedding like to like shut it down that was the whole thing it's supposed to like stop in his tracks uh so by the way this is similar to ivermectin which you're supposed to do early right here's here's the thing here's the thing uh you do this for five days uh again it's Mm -hmm. half of an hiv medication uh that has the longest list of potential side effects and interactions uh and also the uh uh, potential to forever uh, ruin one's uh, own immune system and ability to fight off new infections to like anything. Uh, 
Like it's it's that's it's one real of the bad. side effects. It's it's the ritonavir. There's two different active ingredients uh, in. Well, uh, isn't it Paxlovid. the first two pills are one thing, and the last pill is one that helps stop the liver from breaking down I'm... the first ones? Okay. Yeah. Sorry. Yeah. No, that's okay. okay. Um, Sorry, I, I'm not trying to steal thunder. I'm just trying to understand. No, it. no, no. I'll say that, like that's that's what I'm trying to tell you. Um, it's ritonavir boosted nirmatrelvir. Sorry, I always forget the N one, but like it's ritonavir, uh, which is a uh, uh, the HIV medication. The, like ritonavir is the one to me that's the most concerning because again, the protease inhibitor, uh, which is the nirmatrelvir, uh, is is. It's got the active ingredient, which is actually uh, significantly more concentrated in some respects than an ivermectin. Granted, it's like, uh, I don't know, like a thousandfold more expensive. I think a five-day regimen, if someone had to pay out of pocket, was like $700. Like, it's, Right, well, because it's probably patented mm-hmm. and ivermectin is expired. So Exactly. Uh, exactly. Even though, like, uh, there, there's, a, there's a... There's a really... I don't know. It's not ha-ha funny. But there's a tweet from mid... Oh, here it is. Uh, if you can put that up. This is from uh, mid... Tw- or end of 2021, October 1st, 2021, where Pfizer Incorporated quote tweets Snopes. <laughs> who's fact-checking... Again, Snopes, which is two... You know, ever like it's like the two... Uh, like psychopaths in their house with all their cats, which wow, what how disingenuous is this? Yes, exactly. So, this is from October of 2021. US, US FDA said it best you are not a horse, which is why the protease inhibitor we are studying as a treatment for COVID 19 is not and has never been an animal medicine. Is being okay, developed wait, wait, wait. I just use only I have a human. for the audience. Yes, if there is a veterinarian in the audience, please go. See if you can use the new Pfizer to treat a horse for something so that we can <laughs> say that it's horse medication. That's all right. that needs to happen. Sorry, go ahead. Oh, well, you know, after the after the overturning of Roe v. Wade, you had all the same people that were like, you know, uh, making fun of horse pace. They were like, well, you can still get like horse abortion pills. <laughs> like, right. listen, I'm going to say that between the two, if I was going to uh, take a uh, protease inhibitor that might make me queasy and throw it back up versus uh, a abortion pill strong enough for a horse. <laughs> well, you get, I think plus you gotta get that very from Joe Rogan, man. Very yeah. different levels of like risk here uh, on top of everything else. Like, <laughs> but uh, no, but yeah. So, but what they are saying here though is, is like really important. They said, uh, which is why the protease inhibitor we are studying as a treatment for COVID-19 is not and has never been an animal medicine is being developed for use only in humans, a novel concept. I know it is a novel concept. It is a uh, a first in class concept. That was the whole point. They are... You, they have a unique ability that they brag about constantly in these financial calls where like we have a unique ability to generate uh, markets where there are none and to yep. create exclusivity. There are some major patents for Pfizer that expire uh, in like 23, 25 and 26. And there's like, I can't remember the name, the ones off the top of my head. I didn't even, I'd never heard of them, but they have some big exclusivity rights to some of their big name drugs that are ending in 2026. And so they're trying to replace that right now. I mean, they're making 
buku dollars, but they want to keep that momentum going because again, like the way that they talk about this in here is is absolutely insane. But what? God, I'm so. Look how unscientific this is, too. Though this this is a this is a biochem company. This is a pharmaceutical company, right? Quote tweeting Snopes. Right, and and, well, and and just the the look, ivermectin has been used for decades in humans effectively mm-hmm. it's a human drug it happens mm-hmm. to also have application for other mammals but that's not mm-hmm. uncommon i mean mammals mm-hmm. share a lot of similar body chemistry so often when you develop a drug for one you can you know you there might be a version of it for other mammals like there might not be but it's not uncommon to have a drug that also works on horses or dogs or whatever there's a different version like that's i mean they're, according they're to our own like NIH. this is weird According to our huh? own NIH and FDA, do you not remember that they were going around vaccinating like ferrets and zoo animals, like lions and tigers? They were like, yeah, we're giving them the COVID vax. Like, so if you're going to use that argument, when y'all went on this like weird <laughs> zoo tour in like 2020. I didn't know that. They gave them a yes! co- the COVID vax? Yes. <laughs> yes. Hang on. Uh, it was a bunch of ferrets. So they literally gave it to zoo animals. Given uh, COVID Uh, yeah. Endangered ferrets given experimental COVID-19 vaccine. And uh, this is January 2021. Uh, they were like going around vaccinating like tigers and stuff. Like this was happening. Like, I don't know. Anyways. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so if you're going to, all my whole point of that is if you're going to make that argument, oh, it's horse pace. Well, like, then why are you testing these human vaccines on ferrets? Is this a ferret vaccine? Like, when you enter their frame and use that kind of argument though it doesn't work the opposite way but like it's still because they're not making arguments they're just casting aspersions right Right. so because a bunch of brain dead people who uh just like every time big pharma right now which they brag about this too that they've built up so much goodwill with the like government media and people so anytime they say something like just trained like a bunch of like surrogate is barking seals like arr, arr, arr. yeah like I'll get my like uh va- like I'll get my booster uh but here's where did the where did my tab go it's I mean it's, I'm such it's, an independent thinker that I have a Pfizer tattoo oh god yeah not this one Lord I have so many tabs open I apologize I'm trying to f- I didn't want to see him I can't believe you made us look oh there's like some feet up here so I'm gonna be excited about this one where is it there it is okay so this is from their call from uh May 3rd, 2022. They're talking mm-hmm. about packs of it. I know it's like kind of blurry. Um, they're talking about actually getting the data available. Uh, somehow they uh, don't have very good numbers on uh, the uh, packs of it rebound uh, at the beginning of May, 2022. But what they do have Magically enough, they they don't have the one set of data, but they have the other. Now, what we also learned is that for some patients, immunocompromised is down here at the bottom, the final one. For some patients, immunocompromised, they may carry this virus for a very, very long time. And we see that area as a real new opportunity growth area for Paxlovid to do very well, where you may have to take multiple courses over a year or even treat with extended duration. And that's something we're now planning to study in order to expand the use of Paxlovid where it may be the most appropriate and life-saving drug. Like they can't fucking wait to get people on a, uh, you know, 
Paxlovid regimen for the rest of their lives and just like they until, love it. until they've destroyed their immunity, they're already immunocompromised. So like they they have plausible de- deniability, you know what I mean? Like they're already immunocompromised when they start slipping. I can blame anything else. Like in the in the actual clinical trial, I can pull this up for you really quick. Damn, I got so much stuff. Uh, in the you. clinical trial, okay. oh no, like I got like uh, when they first da, 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 not this not this one. okay in the original cr- clinical trial. Where you at? Uh, they for the uh, actual vaccine, like the the vax itself, not um, not for Paxlovid. Uh, they had in the placebo uh, no instances of Bell's palsy. Right? I can't find it actually in here. I know it's in here somewhere, but uh, not that one. Not that one. The zero instances of Bell's palsy in the in the original like test group, right? Uh, in the Comirnaty test group, they had four instances of Bell's palsy, but four is the confidence interval for a sample size uh, that high. So even though they had four instances of Bell's palsy, and they're like they're like, well, Bell's palsy can occur naturally, so there's really like, we have no like the it's, clearly it's not vax related, like things like that, like it's just like. It's so bad. It's so bad. And granted, I mean, could, I mean, in fairness, right. that is how statistics they could be work. Right? Yes, I right, know. Yeah. But every single time, and every single, uh, in every single, uh, like trial, it always goes one way. And then when right. they were uh, doing the trial for the second, where is this? Uh, uh, oh. Uh, Oh, it was the cardiomyopathy thing. Where's it at? Uh, 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 There's another. It was hilarious. Because, uh, like, uh, having, like, data that you can count on and data that you can actually, like, you know, glean things from is a huge part of all of this is being able to, like, make informed decisions. Uh, Pfizer, uh, in their initial vaccine trial, muddied up their own uh, data uh, because they after apparently they had such a great first round, they were planning on doing the interval. Everyone who got the, uh, I'm sure you remember this, maybe you don't, like uh, everyone who got the first round of the actual Pfizer vaccine, they're like, it showed such a good response that everyone who took the placebo, they're like, we can't wait. This is so good. And so they vaccinated all the placebo people. Oh, I remember they, that. They, yep. ruined, they, they ruined their own data because it, the, right. the show the findings any long term effects they've have been ruined. Yep. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, and then that was just somehow okay. And because yep. I'm sorry, people get mad when I say it. because of Operation Warp Speed. Thanks to Trump. Thanks to all those. I mean, if it, if it hadn't have been him, it would have been someone else. Sure, but he certainly didn't. Uh, he certainly didn't help anything out. You know, with all nope. this, he lifted so much red tape, uh, you know, trying to do good business that they, I mean, clearly it's, it is a huge business for him. He's a, you know, he's a businessman, but this was not the, mm, uh, so again, when they, when they, they muddied their own, uh, phase, uh, one and two, uh, clinical trial data for the Pfizer backs and like, that was just fine. And so, yeah, I mean, and we're supposed to be, if it saves just one life, they need to be vaccinated. 
in that know. they say, I've got to find this. Uh, da, 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 da. I've got to find this. It's so bad. So what you're, just to be, I want to be clear so people understand. Mm-hmm. This means that of the original trial, you can't possibly do long-term uh, nope. analysis of effects mm-hmm. of the COVID vaccine because mm-hmm. the placebo group no longer exists. Mm-hmm. Pretty much. I never, I never, yeah. Uh, I mean, and that uh, sort of stuff happened across the board. Kitty, please. Gosh, she's going to come roll around on the keyboard. That kind of stuff happened across the board uh, in pretty much any instance of data collecting. Because, again, the reason why we're all here, uh, can you, can I, here, I'm going to take that down. Uh, I get nervous, like, just, like, looking at my computer because I feel like I'm going to, like, pull something up. Uh, like, the reason why we're all here, or at least while I'm, while I am here, uh, is because, like, like I love data. That's what I used to do for a living. I was a financial data analyst for a government contractor. Uh, like I just, I was just a bean counter. But it turned, I, I, I developed an aptitude that I never knew I had uh, for data analytics uh, because I went to school and got an English degree. Uh, I had to, I did completed some certifications, and I was able to like make the jump into the like, you know, to my big girl job. Uh, and I loved the productive it. Productive world. Yes, exactly. Uh, and then. Uh, COVID hit and then they ended my program's funding and now here we are. Uh, but at the time, like that was what I did is I, I crunched numbers and stuff. And so when I was sitting at home one night, they moved us to working from home uh, for the contractor I worked for. They're still working from home. I don't think they're ever going back. Uh, they said they started us working from home, like at like the very early bit of March. Um, so I was just like, endless time at my house because at the time we didn't know what was going on and so i was like well you know like i could spend the time uh to collect all the numbers because they were like you know you'd have like i had to go through into like news articles because there was no there were no databases there were no tables of like constantly updating numbers it was like pulling like a seattle five news number and then pulling a you know like it took a long time yep and i was like well I spent like eight hours putting all this together to kind of glean some information with what we have. Uh, I might as well share it and see if anyone on that follows me on social enjoys. And like, that's literally why I'm here today. (laughs) Uh, But I was naive enough then I was naive enough then in what, in in pretty much every single way that a person could be naive. Uh, But I was naive enough to think that like, we would be able to really like, Man, once we really get these case numbers rolling in, once we get like, like we'll, we'll be able to like really pinpoint this down. Like I, I was like, this is going to be handleable. Truth and then, will matter. Uh huh. Exactly. Uh, and then yeah. it turns out that like half of the states, for many months, in the most crucial times when they like, they were like case rates are exploding, uh, like it was like Georgia, like like half of the southeast, of course, weirdly enough, uh, and, and quite a few other states uh, were counting. Uh, positive like like uh pcr test or what, whatever test it was that we were using at the time like an actual positive uh diagnosis they were counting that as well as anyone where they detected antibodies which are two very different things they counted it all as positive and like that th- that that went on for months during like the first half plus of yep. 2020 and then they were and like they oh, were using high cycle counts for their pcr tests so they it was dialed like it up to like yeah like you could find or something yep you could find covid like on like a like anywhere <laughs> yeah uh and then uh the intentional sandbagging from our own cdc uh 
for testing at the beginning, which again, at the time I was like, yeah, like we can start, like if you can, if you can test people, you can tell where it is. Well, the CDC uh, originally, uh, like with, they were like, other countries were manufacturing in the tests already. And Trump said, no, I want to make them here. I want to know that we have full control over them. And I want to make sure that like, we're, you know, we're testing from like the actual, like, you know, swabs that we're pulling from actual patients, like they're like they're the whole thing. And so the CDC, in order to do these tests, you have to have like a control uh, to measure the swab against, right? And the CDC, for whatever, they messed up the control aspect of these testing kits, which is really not even the most important part. The most important part would be like the actual like swab culture. Uh, but because they messed it up, they like, just like didn't do anything for like three weeks because someone was like, oh yeah, we messed that up and like no one ever followed up on it. And so that crucial time, at least at the time, that's what I was thinking. I never, like, it, maybe it was crucial time if we had been able to develop the tests and start testing people sooner. Like, I, like, I don't know. It could have been very different. So for like a month, our CDC intentionally like sandbagged us from having any actual idea of numbers. Like it was, it was a very weird thing that was happening. Well, I say weird, uh, but, but I was naive enough. I was like, well, we'll get it right. We'll be able to sort it out. We'll be able to fix it. We'll be able to fix this. Yeah. Well, because the thing that you're naive about is right, that we wanted to fix failed. it. We didn't, we, we didn't want to fix it. Right. I mean, so many good things and I, I use good in quotes, so many good things for the authoritarian uh, administrative state wonks mm -hmm. came out of COVID. I mean, mm -hmm. you know, uh, the the World Economic Forum is still talking about how great COVID is for pushing their agenda. Like it, mm -hmm. it's, it was, oh, a, it was yeah. one of the best things that could have happened to them. So mm -hmm. uh, and and you got a, a nice transfer of wealth from mom and pops to large corporations. You got Americans Absolutely. to start uh, agreeing to have more of a surveillance state and get and get more used to being told what to do and what not to do. I mean, uh -huh. there's there's a, the the swamp that Trump claims to be fighting benefited immensely from the way that we responded to COVID. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. I mean, it was it was like a adrenaline shot for the swamp, you know, one, I mean, people were me of, like, people were writing like love letters to Andrew fucking Cuomo right, for like right. a year and a half. Yeah, that's how one of the things you're reminding me of here when you talk about Pfizer is uh, this has also been on my mind lately is uh, uh -huh. how much we've become a, a society in which unhealthy lifestyles are encouraged. Yes. Um, so bad food, out, bad habits. Yeah. We're, we're becoming like, uh, like the movie Wally, -E, right? Where we're being mm -hmm. encouraged to be these blobs on mm -hmm. a couch who eat really bad food mm -hmm. and don't mm -hmm. exercise and don't get sunlight. And which of course is going to cause problems for our immune system and, and other things. And then we're, we're told that the solution is more medication, more medication, more medication. So rather than, I mean, I think honestly, if you think about it from, from Pfizer's perspective, um, mm -hmm. if, if the healthcare industry were, were kind of, I'll say rational and I don't know what would re be required for that, but we're certainly in a heavily mm -hmm. regulated mess right now. But mm -hmm. if this were a, if this, if it made sense, you would think, well, the goal is to have long-term health for you, 
and with to right. avoid intervention, right? Mm -hmm. It's to what can you do? Hey, L, what can you do? What can you eat? And what activities can you do to avoid long-term intervention to, mm -hmm. to, to avoid having problems so that you can live naturally a long, right. healthy life? But we're doing the opposite. And the best patient, the best thing Pfizer for, the best thing for Pfizer is anemic, immunocompromised people who can't survive without an entire medicine chest worth of daily drugs. That's what right. they want. Mm -hmm. Oh, yeah. They and like we have an incentive structure to give them that. And they will finance the research needed to create entire new classifications and categories of a disease no one's ever heard of so they can have exclusive rights to the medicine, uh, right. such as with what's the medicine that they, they love it. They're all about it. It's uh, which one is that? They need to convince you. As that for you're sick, v Vin Vindaquil, which I'm like Vindaquil. That's, one, mm -hmm? that's the name Vind of it. Vindaquil. Is it Vindaqu Vindaquil and Vindamax. They funded all the research. Oh, this is completely. This it's for a. Uh, it's for a uh, specific. Uh, diagnosis of cardiomyopathy. Uh, they okay. funded all the research for it. It came out like the, like that started landing towards the end of like 2017, 20, uh, beginning of 2018. They funded all the research for it. And so then they like helped like develop like the name for it. And then they immediately had like the first to market uh, medications for it. And they like all the, amidst all the COVID stuff, you see them bragging still about how much money they're making from that. Like, uh, unique status that they positioned themselves and gave themselves like again when you have a uh, when you have the exclusive rights to the production of a drug uh, like they do with the Vindicel and Vindamax for this cardiomyopathy uh, like you you get it for like a pretty damn long period of time so like yeah we have the exclusivity uh, brand, like awareness of this uh, disease is rising so more people are being like diagnosed like and they love it and I sure. like I don't understand the ins and outs of cardiomyopathy. I don't know how different this is from other diagnoses of cardiomyopathy. I don't know if it's some like very specific delineation that they were able to like get that like allows them to have an exclusive medication, kind of like with their Pfizer mectin. Uh, like it's not a pro. This protease inhibitor has never been used in in animals. Like that's a very important distinction because they say that this one was like developed for like like that's why. And by adding the HIV medication in the ritonavir, it they now have first of like status and have some exclusivity to like that even though it's like it's ivermectin and hiv meds mashed together but like different right. new so here's but so i've got i've got two points here to make um and hang on, i've got to like I'm, I'm jotting down like notes of where i need to go with this because like i've got two points i want to make here with this and um like they're both pretty damn good uh so with uh with paxlovid here's the issue What's happening right now is that people, the, the the original recommendation was, again, as soon as someone thinks it's coming on or as soon as someone gets a positive uh, di diagnosis, like immediately start Paxlovid. It's a five-day regimen, yep. one, two, three, four, five. That's supposed to stop virus replication and shedding. And by the end of the fifth day, you take like six pills a day. Uh, by the end of the fifth day, like most people... Uh, in their initial uh, immune response are like 
wow, I feel so much better. But here's the thing. Uh, usually about 10, it's not with everyone, but it's happening a whole lot more uh, with a whole lot of high-profile people, including Fauci, by the way, uh, and also Stephen Colbert recently, uh, Jimmy Kimmel, uh, I think Trudeau, like like a bunch of people have like caught COVID like twice in like a month. So recently. far, I'm not feeling bad about this list, but okay. No, 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 no. Because these are the, I mean, I still I've, I still remember the time I actually showed it on stream when I was talking about this. Like, like Stephen Colbert is the one who like sang a little jingle on his yes oh my god that was so on behalf cringe. of pfizer and said this is like on this is for my friends at pfizer it's like the what have you become oh my god uh <laughs> so people again initial diagnosis yeah. like first thing as soon as you think it's coming on or you get that first like positive diagnosis you take it for five days right a lot of people are having very uh high success rate from this uh these are these are people who have probably uh, had their initial two vaccines and then probably a booster uh, if not two, we have people okay. are four and five times vax right now. I think I'm still zero, so I don't I don't damn know. I think that the yeah, like the average rate is like four uh, for like Pfizer. Um, We're dragging them down. Maybe no. a fifth, right? The averages. Hmm. Well, it'll be a zero forever. Uh, so, and there's a whole point that I need to make with that. Uh, in a second. Sorry, I'm, I'm writing this down because like there's a lot of different moving pieces. So they, they take it for five days, they feel better. So about 10 to 14 days later, these same people are getting sick again. Uh, well over the originally reported 2% of cases uh, in the original mm. case study. The entire emergency use authorization for Paxlovid was based on a case study of about 1,300 people. Over half were placebo. There was a about 2% recurrence rate in the non-placebo group. There was a recurrence rate in the non in the placebo group, but it, it was not. It was it was distinctly a uh, smaller amount. As they said, it was about 2%. So when the FDA said it was about 2%, and when the media subsequently started reporting that it was 2%, everyone's basing that off of like an initial like case study of like around 600 people. And this is, this is a after this how is like long? The global EUA. Uh, and I think, the, yeah, I think the original one was like after two weeks, which is like, it's it starts around two weeks in. Like the data's fucked. Again. Okay, so it could be three weeks. It could be eight percent. They just don't know. They didn't measure it. Yes, they. I think okay. the like the the like uh, the given parameter. I think it's fourteen days or ten days. Or something. It's it's a small okay. amount. So so about ten to fourteen days later, people are now starting to test positive again. But it's worse because usually they get over the first instance of it like really quickly. They're like like, but. It's worse. So it's been for the last 10 to 14 days still in their body. According to some new white papers, I haven't been peer reviewed yet, but you know, hey, we're going to at least throw this in here. According to some new white papers that have been published over the last couple of weeks here in uh, July, uh, it's allowing the uh, virus within a person's body while it's like a super low levels to undergo mutations that are similar to those that you would see in uh, dual use or gain of function mutations Lovely. in a lab. It's according to a few, like a couple of different sources. Again, they're not peer reviewed because these things are happening right now. Like it's now it's analogous or com at least comparable to the kind of mutation that you would get from gain of function in a lab within a human being in that short amount of time. Because again, the ritonavir aspect uh, of 
this Paxlovid fucks your immune system. And so Dr. Fauci is on the record on, before he ever even got it, by the way, Dr. Fauci is on the record uh, on June 9th, 2022. Because again, this is all ongoing. He's on record June 9th, 2022, uh, saying people are getting Paxlovid so early, they're not allowing their body's immune response uh, to the virus to kick in. So you're having no combination of immunological or antiviral control you're just getting the antiviral control you pull the viral static uh your immune system takes another few days to catch up uh so if people would wait a few days before starting paxlovid you may uh give the immune system a chance to rev up then add the paxlovid in uh, and when you pull the paxlovid uh, you continue you continue the immune response that you already had kicked off but the uh, Fauci said that on June 9th. Uh, Berla said it on July 1st during one of their calls most recently. Uh, but Berla's thing is, Berla on, on July 1st uh, was like, well, you could shift the date or, I gotta find this. So funny. I mean, it's not funny, but it's funny. Um, it says, where are you at? Where are you at? Where are you at? Let me guess, does it involve taking more of his products? Yes. That's 100% what it is. On July 1st, at his little meeting, where is it at? Where is it? Oh, God. Uh, it's so... I mean, it's not It's not ha-ha funny. Oh, uh, no, 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 no. Where is that? Yeah, yeah, he's essentially like, well, you know, we're... So instead of, instead of doing any sort of like, uh, you know, maybe like we should shift this forward a few days, they're like, uh, we're, they started testing immediately on whether or not uh, someone could take Paxlovid like a couple weeks apart, which you saw in that uh, you saw in that uh, bit from earlier. They're like immunocompromised people that have to take Paxlovid all the time. They're like, we're gonna have some repeat customers. We're excited about this. This yeah, is a yeah. way to create more repeat customers. They're making about twenty billion dollars so far on Paxlovid, and they're looking to like double, triple, quadruple, like even that twenty billion with a B for for Paxlovid. Uh, but here's the thing. So right uh, as soon as there was an opportunity for them to get you know, like shove through all the red tape uh, approval for probably a second uh, round of dosage of Paxlovid uh, for the rebound, which is hilarious to me on so many different levels. Uh, They're like, we're going to start research. Like we're going to start a trial on this immediately. Right. Yep. Here's the kicker about all of this. And here's what there's so many unknowns that really, really, really concern me. Like truly a lot of the people that are getting the rebound are people who have been again double vaccinated and then boosted one two three times average is like four to five right now right these are people that are constantly testing uh they probably have a low immune response to everything anyways because they've been social distancing they're still wearing like in 95 right, their face right. all the time they're not right? eating dirt they're, they're out the there building who, their immune as system as they, uh, yeah. so much as a sneeze they're like give me packs of it immediately right uh mm-hmm. they're the ones that are like gonna sign themselves up repeatedly to be on this uh slow reduction of their own like immuno response to this and potentially a whole lot of other things because again it's half hiv medication that fucks the immune system right uh here's the thing they were so quick they're like we're gonna start research on this immediately that was like july 1st on their uh like shareholders things guess what trial data they never had and seemingly are in absolutely zero hurry to start despite also making uh this uh, pharmaceutical product as well. Pfizer has to this day 
neither com- not, not even started, much less completed, a clinical trial involving previously vaccinated individuals with, with taking passive with afterwards. There is absolutely zero clinical like data anywhere. And it doesn't matter because there's so all the red tape was if it but despite owning the rights to both of these drugs, and I mean I'm assuming, you know, considering they have the rights to both of them, it'd probably be pretty easy to like make something work. They were so quick to jump on a a a, a test for issuing another issue of Paxlovid, but they don't want any clinical data on like seemingly wouldn't you be so ready to be like yeah it's a great it's a great addition to your uh to your vaccine like this they complement each other you know like you you'll right get you your, would want data that shows like your booster yeah. like like once every like six months and like if you ever get like a like you'll take packs of it like that would be great right that'd be great uh like branding a way to differentiate the souls in the market because i have two and a half years of them saying exactly these things so why then is Pfizer jumping all over everything else except for using their own damn mRNA vaccine technology and their like why won't they study it and why well is they haven't really I mean if you'll notice after they yeah after they got approval they just stopped really studying it altogether I mean this was Not the same thing that I mean, we were told like they do have like ongoing they have ongoing like monitoring though like with Paxlovid they have like uh, at any given time, they were monitoring like 300,000 cases looking for rebound. Uh, with sure, the, I mean, like sure. it's, it's slow moving, but they are collecting case data. So why aren't they like putting these together? Why are we not comparing? Why don't we have any data that shows overlap between because they have all the data already at hand, but they don't issue it. They like they are is already in their hands. Really, realistically, right. we have that we have that data or they should, but they won't like no one's talking about it. And they're, yeah. now they're talking about people who, again, Paxlovid is supposed to be for people who are immunocompromised, people who are uh, already at high risk, it's supposed to be for them anyways. And now they're talking about how this is like a great opportunity for like a like a you know a lifetime of usage. They didn't say lifetime, but a frequent flyer, uh, if you will. Uh, and they like it, it scares the shit out of me. And. I don't know. I feel like uh, people are, are just, there's enough here. There's enough history here. There's enough provided here that I don't, I like, I, I like people do kind of talk about it here and there, but I really don't see anyone dig Like this is a scandal. This is a massive scandal that with just like a little bit of sunlight and the like presented in the right way. Like this would really, do some damage to Pfizer's like street cred, which is something again they brag about repeatedly. They're like, "Well, we have where's one? There's where they talk about how they have uh, this, this one's particularly scary." Hang on, I see if I find this. I mean, are you sure it would damage the reputation? Because people don't seem to care about the truth about what they're doing. I mean, well, not to be cynical why, about it. Here's but. why I think that there is a potential for this. There's one man. And now I can't think of his name off the top of off my head. The first guy that I looked at back in May, the reason why I ever started talking about Paxlovid in the first place was because over the course of about two weeks, he completely changed his tone on it. And he's one of these like uh, medical talking heads on Twitter. Let me pull up those old slides really quick because this is like, this is why there there's a, there's enough pushback right now 
there's a lot there, there's a, a a growing subculture among people who have been kind of fully into this for a very long time where even this guy hang on let me just pull this up pardon the progress i wasn't i wasn't prepared it was from may no uh, i mean because i i'm seeing people change their tune uh that i would have never imagined you, would you would not have expected it yes entire like completely changing their tune uh this one i mean the the to me the whole thing is just so ridiculous this is over a look i had covid um lots of people have had covid like yes if you're immunocompromised oh. already or if you've got other pre pre-existing mm-hmm. conditions it can be mm-hmm. much worse but this is this is a lot of uh i'm i'm all in favor of taking risky drugs if they're your last shot like if i was dying of right some to try disease and right? it was like trump, sure trump i'll, I'll take right it it's try. not tested on anything like sure right. i'll try it but that's right. not the case that we're in here and they are acting like it's the zombie apocalypse and we've got to suddenly try all these drugs and do all this stuff and rush it and rush it and rush it and it's mm-hmm. really not necessary um but mm-hmm. it's it's part of the you know ginning up fear medical fear is pfizer's business uh-huh so yeah i get it which, by like, the way, uh, fits huh? nicely with government's uh, government's business, which is fear in general. So that's why well, they, they're <laughs> good partners. To add on to that, interestingly enough, you know what happens uh, when you are uh, in a constant state of you know stress and anxiety. Mm. Wait, does your immune fear? system become compromised and your cortisol levels go up? Uh, and yeah. your body can't respond to elevated cortisol for a long period of time and and you become immunocompromised. Gee, I wonder. Yeah. Oh, here it is. Oh, bless his bless this man. Uh yeah, no, that's exactly what happens. Uh This guy his name is Bob Wachter. W A C H T E R. And so Can't find the actual flash. My on Twitter. Is- I got him. Yes. He's got a little so, lab coat. I'm, I'm, I'm pulling up. Yeah, yeah, I'm pulling up a, a like a specific era of his uh, of his uh, kind of uh, come to come to Jesus moment about Paxlovid. Um, I'll start at. But yeah, sorry. Go ahead. If you want to pull him up while I get this. Uh, yeah, I can away. pull him up. If you you'll want. you'll th- this is this is why I have why I have hope and I feel like. I think one of my biggest frustrations, well, I have many frustrations about many things. One of my bigger frustrations with which um, uh, Megan kind of talked about this earlier, and it's something that I've, I kind of complain about a lot, and I'm still trying to figure out the, the right solution, but like conservative, like media is still kind of stuck back in like the like own the libs and like dunk on everyone uh, like era of things. And it like, it doesn't, do anything anymore like you're not winning the culture war with that anymore it was actually effective in like the like 2016 era it was effective uh but 
it's not anymore. But you still have a bunch of people who like they, you know, they'll they'll get on Twitter or their profile of choice will be like, good morning to everybody except for Nancy and the Democrats. Like, shut up, dude. Like, that's not doing anything. You have endless resources, endless like, like you have interns that like do research for you, put together your like content and like you're using it to like dunk on a lady whose husband is like you're you're so focused on dunking on her about her fake like six-year-old story that you like you fail to notice that her husband is right now leveraging our government for like health passport or i'm sorry health credit scores like there's there's no drive to like look just slightly beyond behind something uh but i feel like conservative media like i mean like this is a home run it's a home run and enough people are talking about. It. All right, so here we go. Let me. But this guy, this guy's still clearly pro-vax, right? He's like. Yes, it was so, like uh, he da, 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 on May 11th. I'll pull this up right now. Uh, so on May 11th, uh, oh, which is uh, no, that's a lot. I'm not going to scroll down to May 11th, probably. Oh, I need to show. No, no, no. I, here, I'm. I got it pulled up now. Sorry. Uh, screen. Which screen is this? Damn. I can probably do a search. No, it's, I got it, Carter. I think this is the one. Oh, that's the wrong screen. Hang on. <laughs> oh, oh, God. I keep clicking the wrong button. It's like, it's like, it's like impossibly tiny to see on my computer. All right. So on, here it is. On May 11th, uh, he starts talking about Paxlovid rebound. It's a, it's on now. I've got the right one up. Um, oh, yeah. Okay. Let me enhance. Uh, he he has like been a he's a chair uh, at uh, USC Department of Medicine uh, UCF uh, UCF. That's right here in San Francisco. That's the yes. University of California yeah. San Francisco. Yep. He, mm-hmm. He's very much he's been a public health uh, like leader, uh, policymaker. He's one of the people that's been cited many times as like the reason why we're doing X Y Z. He was talking about Paxlovid rebound early on. Um, let me see if I can narrow this down over here. And was like, the benefits of Paxlovid outweigh the risks. This tweet in particular, uh, after he had gone off and on about it. Uh, like he's talking about it, but he says, Paxlovid rebound is real and poorly understood. We need urgent studying uh, and patient patient counseling, but the biggest risk he continues. So this is like this is like how it started right here. He said, but the biggest risk is that the misinformation engine revs up, Pax gets a bad name, doctors hesitate to prescribe it, and patients hesitate to take it. Pax's benefits are still much greater than its risks. This is where he was at May eleventh, right? Okay, so he's like, hey, there's risks. Don't be stupid and not talk about them because you'll discredit yourself and. It's very important that you take this drug. Okay. Yes. He said it's, it's real and poorly understood. We need urgent studying and patient and, and, and counseling. Uh, but you don't want to give it a bad name. So, you know, don't let the misinformation engine get it. I mean, like, again, you're sitting here saying that it's poorly. Uh, like, again, everyone at this point is starting to realize uh, that there is no trial data that involves vaccinated individuals. Still to this day, there's right. not, right? Um, just 13 days later, he writes this thread. It's 25 uh, tweets long. His wife in between gets COVID. 
Okay. Takes Paxlovid. It does not. I mean, she's fine. She's not dead or anything like that. Um, but she rebounded, and it was very, very bad. And okay. he he saw the effects of, of Paxlovid. So this is how it started, May eleventh, twenty twenty two. This man, you see, are you, you know, San Francisco Department of Chair of Medicine, like policymaker, right? Mm-hmm. May 24, 2022, 13 days later. I was asked by a reporter today, if I, or I was asked by a reporter today if I'd take packs of it if I had COVID. Last month, this would have been easy. As a 64-year-old person with asthma, the answer was an unequivocal yes. Today, it's a closer call. And again, we're counting this as like some significant progress because again, this man is like- sure. He's, he's in the matrix, you know what I mean? Today, today is a closer call. In this thread, I'll lay out the reasons why and then give you my answer. It goes on. First of all, an update on my wife. Again, everyone's willing to say the benefits are greater than the risks until it's your wife. Until the risks are close to your house. And, right, Close exactly. to home, yep. His mm-hmm. wife, uh, who, uh, she's a, a journalist and author. Uh, uh an update on my wife's uh, Paxlovid rebound. She finally tested negative yesterday, so her chronology is positive for eight days, negative for four days, positive for five days, now negative and feeling better. Hopefully it'll stay this way. I haven't heard of double rebounds. He's already seeing her, again, her like five days sent there, like the first couple, it hits you again. Like when, according to all of the kind of anecdotal data and like verifiable data, like the second time around, it hits you like a freight train. Like way, way worse, way, way worse Uh, because it's just been like in you, like in like just comes on like all at once. Uh, Now I got a feeling better. Hopefully I'll say that way. I haven't heard of double rebounds. It was bad enough, obviously, where he's like, hell, we don't know. Uh, Katie's rebound involved not only a reversion to a positive test and five more days of strict isolation, uh, but an uptick in symptoms, uh, mostly fatigue now improving. Uh, He was talking about it more there, like, she also had like extremely low, like a uh, like a uh, blood oxygen, like shallow yeah. breathing. Some of those things that are like, you know, if you got COVID, but like your blood oxygen levels at like 97, 98, like you're, you'd be all right. But I think at one point it dropped down to like 91, 92, which is like bad. He keeps going. Here we go. There's one that starts with all the. Yeah, that's a good one. All the rebound explanations. Most popular one is that Paxlovid leads to rapid suppression of viral load, thereby mutating the immune response, or muting the immune response. And then over the five-day course, is too short, so the virus reemerges after the treatment is complete. Are completely unproven and relatively unsatisfying. I'll buy the course is too short part and anxiously anxiously await studies of seven to ten day prescriptions. But that's not what Pfizer's doing. They right. want you to rebound so you need it bad. Like you, you're, yep. you're desperate enough to go get it. Pfizer's not even testing a longer course. They're testing a two-week-apart course. Uh, uh, I'd be reluctant to futz uh, around by purposefully waiting till uh, day two to four to tar- uh, start Paxlovid since one of the drug's purported advantage was the rapid uh, suppression of virus. No, no. That was what they sold it as, much like the Vax. Uh, Paxlovid now, uh, as it always has been, you silly, silly conspiracy theorist. Uh, Paxlovid's uh, job was again to uh, prevent hospitalization and death. Mm. Now mm. it was that went down Originally, the memory hole. 
Yes. You just forgot that's what it always was. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah, it always was that. No, no, no. They weren't talking about how it was supposed to completely suppress like viral replication and, uh, you know, shedding. No, no. The new metric, as has become with everything, is a reduction in hospitalization and death rates, which is uh, significantly more nebulous and a lot less, uh, you know, a lot less easy to measure. Mm-hmm. Uh, <laughs> the rapid suppression of virus up until now, the reasons to packs were to me twofold, one proven and one hypothetical. Proven, a reduction of risk of hospitalization and likely in death uh, and was associated with an... Uh, the second rationale was theoretical. My uh, biggest fear about getting COVID uh, today is no longer mentality. Instead, it's long COVID. Again, mm. they've gaslit all these people and thinking that long COVID is real. My hope was that rapid suppression of virus might lower the odds of long COVID. That benefit is not proven, mind you, but it's plausible. Uh, as I consider Paxlovid's pluses and minuses today, the pluses are uh, less certain, while rebound is the big new minus. So too is the unpleasant metallic taste people report in their, like, yeah, Pax, uh, Paxlovid apparently tastes terrible and you like taste metal in your mouth for like a very Lovely. long time. Yeah, and like like makes you like very nauseous. It doesn't, it's not just like a, like it's an HIV medication and a uh, like, a pro- like it's doing a lot in your body. It's a very like active medication. Uh, and then it also, yeah, you taste like metallic in your mouth. Like you've been like, someone said it was like, you've like swallowed a penny, which sounds awful. Um, uh, it's only reported in 6% of trial participants. Again, trial data my neighbors outside blowing weeds or whatever. Uh, only reported six percent of trial participants. That trial again was about thirteen hundred people. Less than half were actual uh, users, but also seemingly more common. Let's look at the pluses first. Eighty nine percent reduction in hospitalization. Again, that's a very nebulous target to hit. You know what I mean? Like that's always kind of mm-hmm. iffy data. Uh, I'm less certain than I was. Uh, the New England Journal of Medicine trial included only unvaccinated patients. This is where you started to put it all together. Uh, the, the trial included only unvaccinated patients, as all of them have. And the virus at the time was Delta. Uh, and considering PACS today, most patients are vaccinated and the virus is an Omicron subvariant. Uh, why should this make a difference? Uh, you know, stats, uh, even if the benefit is still 89% reduction in hospitalization, a vax-boosted person with Omicron has a far lower baseline risk of severe illness than the trial population, and thus the hospitalizations averted would be far less. Yeah, like, it goes into this very, very well. And this is uh, Paul Belcher. He goes into it. Uh, he's the, uh, like, background guy for, like, like, there's a lot of academics. Eric Topol being one who's also been kind of a, uh, like, one of the, one of the the public policymakers and one of the people that's been carrying this like torch of like big pharma this whole time, like they're they're kind of becoming very disenchanted with it very quickly. Uh, at the end, he says he would still take it based on his teetering, but still fairly high confidence it would lower my chance of an awful outcome of hospitalization and death, and my confidence that rebound would be inconvenient, but not ultimately super risky. Again, I mean, but this, this is progress though. Think about where he yeah. is. Where, where he was 13 days ago, shut up and take it. Don't question this. We don't want the misinformation spreaders out there to 13 days later writing a 25 plus long tweet of like some pretty nuanced and very well sourced and, and pretty well thought out like like information there. It's interesting how uh, they're unable to hear nuance with any criticisms 
that mm-hmm. that they're not on board with. But the moment it hits close to home, suddenly there's uh-huh. nuance to be discussed. Uh, yeah. And, and risk analysis there's, to oh, be wait, done. My wife, my wife, this happened to my wife. Different, right? Uh, yep. And you're, again, Eric Topple, who I've, I've not been a huge fan of. Uh, like It's continuing to happen. And... Uh, like I had a copy of a message someone the other day was like, so what are we supposed to do? Just like keep getting boosted every like two months and keep taking packs of it every two weeks. It was like, you're starting to get it. Uh, you should again, invest I, in Pfizer stock. Apparently is what you should do. I'm not suggesting that at all. I would never do that. No, it's God, no, no. Uh, that's like a <sighs> freaking, uh, I'll never, uh, remember, um, I, mean, I don't mean to talk shit, but I don't think anyone's going to go run off to. Uh, uh, who's the guy who writes Dilbert? I can't even think of his name. Scott. Scott Adams. I was going to say Scott Peterson. Mm-hmm. That's not it. Like Scott Adams, like uh, was being like a like everyone should get vaccinated or whatever, and someone's like, "Yes, did you invest?" Yeah. And he's like, "What I do for my financial well being is like like well actually, dude, you have a, a really uh, uh, impressionable or not? I'm not saying impressionable, but like you have like a big following of people who think that you are like a logical uh and sound and like the often mind is in all of the fray but yeah then yeah. Started, like he's like if you don't get vaccinated and you get covid and you die that's what you get like he like he but i have a whole I have yeah a he was horrible on that he ben shapiro like quite a few of them like just became like you don't deserve to live in society because my wife's a doctor <laughs> Yeah, it was it was uh, uh, it was super it was super blackpilling to see people swing. like Shapiro and Scott Adams just be so bad on individual rights and logical thinking and nuance and critical analysis and risk analysis and just to be complete mindless sheep. And he was yeah. and so is so is Ben Shapiro. And they're both too yeah. smart to have done that. Ben Shapiro, again, to me, I'm not saying he's not intelligent. He is. And he's, he's uh, like, pretty good at debate. I would not debate him because he would just he's sit there good and, at like, debate, yeah. yeah he, he's very, he's good at, like, actual, like, you know, like, structured debate, right? I'm not. But I'll just sit here and, like, throw sources at you until you shut up. Not you, but, like, the royal you. Uh, but that wouldn't work with Ben because I don't have time to pull out all my archives in a hypothetical yeah. debate with him. But, uh I feel like Ben and, and uh, like, again, and maybe this is my own take on things and maybe other people don't see it this way. I think that that, that like the, the 2016 to like 2018 ish era of like conservative media figures and talking heads, like it's, it's, it's coming to an end, but there's this new group of people coming behind that, uh, are capable of, of of a little bit more nuance and aren't like just looking to score dunks and who aren't afraid of, afraid of playing dirty. And I think that a lot of these people are going to find themselves is for a long time. It's been about maintaining their own, uh, you know, like rung on the like hierarchical ladder of like conservative media, right? Like that's what it's, yeah. that's pretty much what everyone's trying to do here is guard their own place that they've made for themselves. Uh, and you had like the other day, um, like again, Laura Ingram and uh, Bill O'Reilly. Uh, did, like I'm sure you saw, like Alex Stein trolling AOC. It was hilarious, oh, right? Mm-hmm. Um, sorry, pardon. I gotta take another half of my antihistamine. My cat. Uh, oh, oh. 
cat hair everywhere. Um, Laura Ingram from Fox News and uh, uh, Bill O'Reilly, formerly of Fox News, um, both hopped on Twitter to attack Alex. And they're like, this is unacceptable. Uh, Bill O'Reilly of all people too, but okay. Oh, well, yeah. It's all right. Alex... Alex handled himself, and that's what they were. They weren't prepared for this because they want to be able to make their grandstandy statement. Let me see if I can find this really quick. Uh, it's just, the, it's their, just a conservative version of, of virtue yes. signaling. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Make the big grandstandy statement. But also, if you if you read into it just a little bit, you know, like I do uh, in these sort of things, it's them saying, if they can heckle AOC, they'll you know, they'll do it to me because they, again, they all, they all, uh, the symbiotic circle and the revolving door of the mainstream media and the government and NGOs and pharma and, uh, financial entities. Like it's, it's the, uh, I refer to it as the, uh, Venn diagram of, uh, absolute political bullshit where you think of all these things as being like, Oh, well she works here and he works there. And it's all a bunch of individual moving parts. But like, the more you look at it, it's just one big like shit circle. Right. So like yep. the, you know, no one's here, I'm sure is uh, unaware of the concept of like controlled opposition, but really uh, they exist in the mainstream to be antagonists to each other, to be entertaining, to score dunk points on each other online while simultaneously all managing to keep all the focus on like the same, like six to eight talking points throughout the day. Everyone's talking yeah. about it, but they're all coming at it from different angles. And I find that kind of stuff, like, granted, I'm also guilty of that. So, like, and I know that I'm not, like, part of some, it, it's hard not well, to be caught they're, up in they're, it. But they're not, you don't realize that you're being caught up in something that's, like, being, like, every, they're controlling what everyone's talking about. You just, everyone's given their hot take. That does nothing. Yeah, I was uh, going to say they accept the agenda about what should be discussed and what the parameters of the discussion are. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's the, you know, I've been recently, tr- I've been trying to figure out a, a phrase to define these people, but I, I think this is the, it's the first and second estate from, uh, pre-revolutionary France where the third estate is the people and the first estate is the, I think the first estate is the priests and the second estate is the nobility, but it's, it's the first and second estates trying to hold on to their position and keep keep society going the way it is and they can argue and yell at each other and have fights about stuff but it's all um it's all in the context of status quo maintenance Mm -hmm. right whereas someone from the third estate comes along and lobs a bomb no one wants to see that right they're like oh crap he's he's bombing aoc with this troll i don't like it because he's part of the third estate and we're not no one's supposed to bomb the nobles we're supposed to yell at each other in the way that we do we're all supposed to yell at, e- at each other over, uh, and I'm not saying that these things aren't, you know, worth paying attention to and aren't, uh, you know, noteworthy. But we're all supposed to sit here and yell at each other about, you know, are we Blue Lives Matter or Black Lives Matter? Uh, and they maintain that position in the media or in the yep. hierarchy. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So I've got, uh, but they're they're not ready uh, for the way that. Uh, the the like kind of like this new. I, I'm not saying Alex Stein is like the like be all. Uh, Grant, he's fantastic. I think he's wonderful. Um, <laughs> but they're not really ready for the way that that people are getting uh, that people view a lot of this uh, 
I guess a lot of these people. So like Lauren Ingram said, here, I got it pulled up. Uh, she said, this guy is a total loser. Oh, wait, I need to share my screen. <laughs> Sorry, share <laughs> screen. I think this is, a, this is like an an interesting like cross-culture, like a cross-section of like, like what's going on like with the party as a whole and like as like with like the movement. There's people who refuse to get on board with like humor and with playing dirty. They're like, no, like we gotta like maintain like the, I don't know, the Fox News of our uh, grant, but I've got it. I've got the screen shared now. Um, if you wanna. Again, right. uh, I'm not gonna. Like, you got it, it or no? I, I've shared it. It's down there. Uh, I not see. Oh, there it is. I didn't share it. Okay, <laughs> I got you. Uh, again, uh, AOC was like, "Here's a video he posted of the incident where she's like standing behind, you know, the whole peace sign." I'm sure y'all have already seen this a billion times. I was actually gonna go deck him, uh, but because if no one will protect us, then I'll do it myself. Uh, <laughs> and so then Laura Ingram of the Ingram and angle, which like. I've really like she did some work back in like uh, early 2021 on like the Virginia pathways and like the equity and like she's she or at least the people who put together her show uh, gave her a good show to present. She did a really good show on like that before. And I really enjoyed it. I've always kind of thought that she's like a little like stuffy for my but I was like but she's like this guy is a total laser uh but yeah. today decking a creep who deserves it he's calling her a beautiful big booty latina clearly he means absolutely no harm uh she said, but today decking a creep who deserves it may mean being charged yourself like okay Laura uh and so they're used to posting these like big grandstandy statements, like a lot of like monolith, like and getting applause, and getting a getting applause, and not having the person in question get get in there and defend himself. He says, yep. "This is why my biological father has a much better ratings than you." And please don't misgender me. I'm a lady. And he posted just this video of him. <laughs> and of like, they don't know how to handle this because they don't they don't do humor. Like, it's so yeah, good. It's, it's so good. It's like, like, and again, I know that this is like, it, it is like, just kind of like the goings on in the world. But like, like this, I think is really important. Like what's happening with like, uh, the ability to for people to have open discussions. Like, it's not about like, I'm getting really frustrated with people who continuously talk about how much they hate, like, you know, Gen Z and millennials for, uh, you know, all this shit they've done. I'm like, Listen, you sit here and acknowledge day in and day out how evil the educational system is and how evil CRT is and how it's designed to destroy the minds of young people like and churn out little just like lost souls. You know this and you know what the product of that has been over the last like you know, really 10 to 15 years. You know the product of that. And yet you shy away from anything that might, uh, you know, resemble having any sort of empathy for uh you know a, a lost adult or you know kind of like someone who's who's been led astray because i was one of those people i was an absolute right. piece of shit in my right. 20s and like because of my parents and the, like some uh kind of mentors i had uh at different workplaces i worked at that kind of were like a constant that i needed that like i, find, I was like oh, man like i wish i could be like that that were patient with me even when I was, again, a complete piece of shit. Uh, 
and who gave me endlessly endless forgiveness even when I didn't deserve it because of that is how is why like I found my way back is because I had people who were just patiently rooting on me quietly you know what I mean and like <laughs> like imagine being a kid just turned out of you know you've you've gone through high school I say kid but I'm like you know like mid-20s um which was like when I was in the middle of my you know my dark years uh you've you've graduated from college and you finally entered the workforce or you probably actually haven't really entered the workforce that you wanted to because again the whole college lie and then the debt and then the depression and then you probably are drinking a lot with your friends and probably turning to like weed or like some other like recreational drug and you're just like overall you're sad and depressed and you're like oh this is what life is what life is for me maybe not that bad maybe it's just depressing maybe you realize that now that you don't have a kind of uh provided for you at every turn social circle that you feel a lot more lonely in like your adulthood and you're finally kind of like able to take stock of where you were and the whole rush of like your your teens and early 20s and like you're like feeling sad and vulnerable and like, you know, maybe you've got a job at a workplace where some old curmudgeon works and maybe you can tell you probably aren't going to get along, but like you go ask him for help on how to do something at work and like they're just a complete and total asshole to you and don't give you the time of day and treat you like shit. And that, in that moment could be the one thing that like confirms to them that everything they ever were told through their teens and young adulthood was true and be the thing that like, you know what I mean? Like, like, yeah, I mean, look, it's, it's easy. And I'm guilty. I'm not, I'm not like just like pointing fingers. I'm like, I'm guilty of this. And I, I like, I want to fall out of that ideology. Like, like how can we say here and acknowledge like what's been created and then sh- like, just have absolutely at least no empathy for that. It frustrates me. Yeah, I mean, it, it is easy to criticize millennials and Gen Z, which I've done as well quite a lot. Um, but it's also important criticism to remember like, we are also like, criticizing. Like, yeah, like like any every everyone's fair game. You can either criticize everyone or no one. Sure, but like the but like, I mean, constant focus on like boomers fucked it up. Well, no, millennials fucked it up. No, well, Gen Z bought avocado toast. Like like that that's pointless. You know what I mean? Right. That, so that's my point is like you, you can go back and say, well, how do they get this way? And you can blame another generation. And then you can say, well, but how mm-hmm. did they get that way? And you can blame another mm-hmm. generation. And the, the truth is mm-hmm. uh, we generally we the big we Americans lost our way. And the constructive thing to do is to try and highlight and illuminate the way forward, mm-hmm. the way to pick up the ideas of the Enlightenment and move forward rather than uh, this continual descent into socialist dystopia um which is the alternative that we're being offered so you know it's it is sad it's sad to watch kids what's the positive alternative that conservatives are offering though because right now it's a bunch of conservatives don't offer anything yeah exactly like there there's no like oh i'm i'm looking at this like man who has absolutely i mean i granted i know it's a lot to ask but again looking looking at people who are a little bit older to have a shred of empathy for people who are at the, like the most like confused point in their lives and could like, that was when I started to see it. It was like my mid twenties when you're like higher level reasoning uh, ability finally starts to solidify up there. And you're like, Oh shit, there is a (laughs) like 
long term again like long term rationale things like that that's white supremacy sure. culture like oh, they, those things are solidifying up there and you're like oh no I, I honestly always just thought I was gonna like die at like I'd like, I, I could not imagine life after like age 22. Here I am, like 32, like that's ever. But that's common, I think, right? Yeah, so. Oh yeah. So you're coming out of this like haze, like it's like you're finally becoming like sentient in this world. And you're like, well, maybe I'll like, I'm not saying that everyone's going to have this ability for nuance, but perhaps like, well, maybe I was wrong about them. And then they're like, you try to reach out and they're like, fuck you, you got blue hair, you like hippie, like that kind of stuff like that would confirm everything that they thought they knew and then like push them further away everyone's so quick to rid like just hate everyone for their appearance or uh, just, like immutable characteristics it's like 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 shut the fuck up or get out of my way like I'm, i have no i have no patience for that anymore and i like i'm 100 guilty of it like and i'm sure well, that i will be guilty of it again I, but like, i'm gonna i'm gonna go meta on you yeah. I have sympathy for that as well. What's that? Because the the people who are making judgments like get the fuck out blue hair like I yes, I also a, understand why they're in that place. Yeah, for sure, right? But right. again, no. my threshold for empathy of like how someone got that way uh and my expectation for someone having the capacity to uh I, I like again experience a just basic fucking empathy. <laughs> That's sure, all I'm asking for here. Sure. Uh, you know, someone who's seen the whole picture for a lot longer, I have a higher expectation on them. Than I do on someone I think that's who's correct. like becoming and they, and sentient for the first time. I'm I'm not. I get it. I get it. <laughs> I will no, make no, this. I, think you I will continue. Right. I will continue to make this mistake repeatedly. Uh, but I, but like I recognize it in myself a lot more often than I'm comfortable with. Yep. Like if you're discussing oh. what what like yeah I know we've been talking forever. Like no I'm, to, I was just gonna say I could talk about this particular subject with mm -hmm. you for probably four hours. Um, well, we've already been talking for like three. God. I know, I've but and I like need to run to and pick up my daughter. Hours. Well, go get your kid. You know, dad. Hey, I'm gonna. Girl, yeah, girls are better off when they have dads who show up. So go get her. Yeah, I'm gonna. I have to show up. Uh, mm -hmm. But, um, but I yeah. I could continue this discussion with you. Like, let's let's try and continue this discussion somewhere else, if yeah. not today, because I think there's uh I've, I've been, there's I've a lot like to be unpacked here because like I can see hours. <laughs> you have what? I've had like three hours of sleep in the last thirty-six hours. So oh I yeah. Go also, you should immediately sleep. after this. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But, you should go to sleep. Um. But but this is it. Let's put a pin in this because it is worth discussing because it's a big. It there is a big generational communication problem. Yes. Um. And uh. And, and no I think part of that is because to, of to, technology. To try. Yes. And yes. It, it's gatekeeping. It's yep. the, yeah. Yeah. Been this that's what you expect again it's like that like i, I don't know it's very interesting yeah but yeah let's yeah. talk about it sometime again all right i'm down remind everyone where they can find you l uh some bitch i know gab telegram some bitch me.com twitch.tv forward slash l's for the way uh or on here sometimes awesome thank you so much for joining uh, like <laughs> I, I said know. i could keep going this is it's great to talk yeah. to you um have a good, go get some sleep. Have a good night. Thank you for joining. Thank you to everyone for watching.
And yeah, it was blessed. Yeah, I kind of I forgot we were even see... streaming. I was like, it's just interesting to think about it. You know, I know, I know. Sometimes we just forget and we keep going. Yeah. Um, yeah. So yeah. All right. Well, bye everyone. Thank you. Bye, buddy. Go get your kid. <laughs> All right. Later. Thanks for sticking around until the end. If you're new to Unsafe Space, check out our deep content library that includes discussions with everyone from James Lindsay to Brett Weinstein. And please consider helping to fund our work by visiting unsafespace.com donate. You can find us on a variety of social media platforms, and you can find a community of like-minded individuals on our Unsafe Space Discord server which is open to financial supporters at any level. We hope to see you there. Warning, this is an unsafe space. Dangerous ideas have been detected. The content of this production is known by the state of California to cause unregulated ideation that may be harmful to bureaucrats. Association with the following individuals, or tacos is strictly prohibited apropos of nothing i was just wondering how would you feel about another pandemic your president is in full control of his mental faculties if you think about it no one should be allowed to express opinions but don't think about it i mean that's not your job. Thinking has been scientifically proven to be less efficient than compliance. Science, scientific, and scientifically are registered trademarks of the World Economic Forum. Unauthorized use is prohibited. Computer voice courtesy. Never mind, that last line is fake news. Please disregard it and return to your safe space immediately. There will be cake.